Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What is up, Panther fans? We're back again. The Panthers are 1-8. and eight. The season seems like it's done, but there's a ton to talk about. Frank Wright says this team doesn't want to be a power running team. No changes have been made to the coaching staff since we last talked. And uh, I guess now we got to prepare for an invasion, folks. An invasion of one of the most obnoxious groups of fans in the earth, on the earth. The Dallas Cowboys are coming to Bank of America. They're going to make it their own stadium. And the Carolina Panthers better have been practicing their silent count this week. But we got it. We got everything from a starting guard being cut to J.C. Horn maybe making an appearance. We've got all of that, plus your calls on the C3 Panthers podcast. The number is 252-228-5098. And as I do each and every week, I rock with my wheel, man. Cody Lack, I feel like we're always fending off now some haters. Oh, I yes. think we've made it. That's now people know. are at mentioning Dude, me out of nowhere. C3, I'm like, hey, I was just at work, bro. C3 is big time, bro. We are on the tips of the tongues of Panther Nation, and it feels good, man. I'm not going to lie. We've been working hard at this. Uh, but listen, man, uh, J.C. Horn finally returning to the Carolina Panthers team. Hopefully he can stay healthy for a sustained amount of time. There's been a lot of discussion about the offense and whether or not we should or shouldn't be a power run football team. Frank Rack certainly doesn't think so. And uh, we also have a lot of commotion and chatter over who is going to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And Tony, we haven't even fired our head coach, man. Dude, there is so much to talk about, man. It's a Tuesday night. And you know that we're here with the best damn Panther fans and all of YouTube. You know him and love him. It's our guy, Drew. Joey, the blind Panther, Esquivel, the brand ambassador, Diesel Skills, Dakota, Damian Tucker, uh, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, Flub the Duck, General Zod, Harvey London, King Germain, Kristen Ladane, Strats, Paisan, Muscles Marinero, what's up? Panther Gal 73, Patty Grimes, Roosevelt Mongo, TJ, and Underground West. Tony Dunn, it's Tuesday night, brother. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. 
Let's roll. We got a great show for you tonight at 915. Ricky Rains, contributor for Cat Crave and co-host of the Kitty Lit Podcast, will be joining us. Always a fan favorite, great football mind, and great guy to come on the show. But another great guy in the house, CK. Man, uh, I'm glad to see you, even though I'm not glad to see the Panthers. And I'm happy to be here as well, man. It's I, I love being here with you boys. Um, I love how you started out saying uh, we have a, a lot to talk about, but at the same time, we have nothing to talk about, really. Isn't like, that wild? We're going to be talking about weird? a coach that hasn't even been fired and the next coach. Uh, it's it's a wild proposition, but somehow believable as a Panthers fan that we are as bad as we are and they, they haven't made a move. I mean, um, the fact that Federer is still uh, on the roster at this point in time or employed by the uh, organization is a, is a wild thought. So here we are, and we're just uh, going to make the best of it. And unfortunately, we're not going to be making the best of it against the team that is uh, uh, considered one of the most explosive offenses in the entire NFL. So we're going to see. <laughs> We're going to be giving away a jersey tonight. We might do the fans a favorite, the C3 super fans, a a favor and not give them a Jonathan Mingo jersey. But instead, we will discuss on the podcast what jersey they should get. So we'll do that. Let's say we'll do that at 10 o'clock tonight as we start the second hour. Um, and what we'll have to do is set a timeline for that person to respond. And then we'll go to the next person next week. If they haven't respond, remember that will be given away to a C3 super fan. You can support the show for just a dollar 99 contribution a month. It helps us continue to pay for the software and some of the things, the hosting, the website and things that we've got to do on the back end. Thank you to Kristen Ladane for the birthday wishes, as well as everybody who has reached out to me on social media. I appreciate it. Um, you know, hey, another year around the sun. But more importantly, another year for me on the C3 Panthers podcast. It's my favorite group of people, and I cannot tell you how much you guys really mean to me. So thank you for all of that. Let's jump into the show, guys. Um. Look, I think today the biggest, uh, the real news is that the Carolina Panthers mixed up their offensive line by not just promoting somebody, not just signing somebody, but they just straight up cut the starting left guard. The guy who has started the last five games, here's Joe Person on it. Uh, And then here on the left, I'll tell you, this is from Mike Kay in the Charlotte Observer. Joe Person says this. He tweeted this today. Panthers making a change to their offensive line, cutting veteran Calvin Throckmorton. Thank God we don't have to try to get his name right anymore. Oh, I know, right? Who started the last seven games. Man, I thought it was like four or five. Seven games. This is so absurd. The replacement options include Chandler Savala, Cade Mays, both who have started games this season. Here's Mike K on it, guys. He put out a story today. He said with the, or he wrote with the offensive line struggling to find consistency, Throckmorton became the obvious weak link, especially with Corbett back in the lineup. The Panthers will look to replace Throckmorton who was claimed off of waivers ahead of week one with one of their depth linemen, rookie Chandler Savala, who previously served as the team's starting left guard before Throckmorton 
could be an option. Cade Mays could also be under consideration. Undrafted rookie Nash Jensen might also be in the conversation. Here is where it gets wild to me. The team is also also has the option of moving multiple linemen around. And this writer, which I didn't click on it to see who that writer was, it was suggested that the Panthers move center Bradley Bozeman to left guard and put Cade Mays at center. We're back into the F-line funk, guys, where a guy plays better at center and better at left guard. How do you – what sense does this make, fellas, to not just bench him? Why don't you just bench him? Why do you cut him? Oh, I feel very, very strongly about this. Before we start, a wonderful donation from Strats. With the $20 love bombs at Smash Mouth Football has always been the Panther identity for what I can remember. This is the main reason I dislike Reich. It's unwise to shy away from that sound, given the pieces we have work well in that. It angers me a lot. Thank you, Stats. Strats, thank you. Uh, A, 50 people are eligible for the jersey because of... Mr. Strat's uh, mega donation last week. More than that, if you count all the other ones. Yeah. On top of that, stick around, Strat's, because I've got an unpopular and opposite opinion of what you just said, and I'm going going after it. I'm actually defending Frank Reich tonight. Oh, all right. Well, listen, um, this is a total scapegoat move to me. I mean, Throckmorton has been on your – where he started what? eight games for us like he's been a starter for a long time now and this is Scott Fidler saying hey boss uh, I'm still working I'm still doing something don't worry about all those trades that I wasn't able to execute on I promise I'm still doing something that's what this reeks of to me like you're choosing Throckmorton to throw him under the bus and by the way I'm not saying that Throckmorton has been good for us but this entire offensive line has been terrible all year to the point that now we're talking about potentially switching Bozeman and Cade Mays. Like it, it makes zero world to me. But it's that's fine why- to to change him to make a change in the lineup. Yeah, but it doesn't. Uh, I don't understand why you would release somebody that without a plan of how it's going to work. It's not like the people behind him have a better resume or have more experience on that offensive line. Now your old line that's supposed to play with the tandem or as a tandem is going to have to have a brand new piece inserted into this lineup. And you're putting more pressure on whoever that person is. This is the dumbest move in the world. And this is just them trying to show that they're still doing something and being held accountable for how terrible this offense is. CK, um, and a way of trying to find without just negative going negative on everything, yep. you know, at every moment, if we try to find uh, some sort of logic behind this, is it possible that since the Carolina Panthers have, uh, I mean, obviously the season's out of hand, out of sight, is this that now an opportunity to either develop and work on some guys that you're going to try to see what they can be going on? or in a way of evaluating a Cade Mays better, a Brandon Savala, or a Nash Jensen to see if they're going to be around next year? I I don't know. I mean, I feel like you kind of do the same thing with Rockmore, and I don't think that you 
uh, get rid of a guy like that who's been, you know, clearly better than what we had with Zavala um, on the line. Zavala looked absolutely horrendous. Um, he was a rookie. He's a rookie, though. So, I mean, yeah, you got to I mean, get him better at some and point. Coming off of a neck injury, right? Right. I listen, I, I don't I don't claim to know football enough to be able to know what their plans are or what they believe is the best route to take. But, man, I, I, I tell you what, it does seem like an odd proposition to to, you know, have him be the guy that you're letting go um, and, and and leaving this up to, you know, a second year player in Cade Mays and a, and a rookie in Zavala at this point in time. It's just an odd an odd decision making uh, uh, situation there. All right, let's uh, nine fifteen takes us a long time to get through our intro and all our hellos. Uh, we love you. Thank you for supporting us. Oh, did I mention this is the longest running Panthers podcast? We have completed ten seasons where we haven't missed a single week. We've had to move it around. You know, the show started on a Wednesday at one point, and then I said, "Hey, let's get more air. Let's get more life shelf life. Let's move it to Tuesday." And it was at ten o'clock at one point. Imagine a three-hour show that started at 10. So now, Tuesdays at 9, we're here every week. Somehow, some way, we find a way, and we've expanded coverage. But now we've got to bring in a guest to make this even more robust. Let's bring in a fan favorite, Ricky Reigns, contributor Cat Crave, and also co-host of the Kitty Lit Podcast. What's up, fellas? What's up, my man? How are we doing tonight? Um, we are better than oh, the Panthers, I, Rick. I, I didn't. I didn't anticipate the first question being a loaded one, man. I thought that was like a layup. I thought you were just going, "Oh yeah, everything's good," you know. Regular show. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like this. Is uh, right now I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. Clearly, I've yeah. been with the the Carolina Panthers and doing this podcast game on some tough streets. Uh, we didn't know what we had in 2015. We were still getting. That was just our second two and a half seasons into it. And it was just like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but we've weathered some tough years. And on top of that, I'm an East Carolina fan. And oh, arguably, you know, people tweet all the time and they say, Carolina, the Panthers have the worst offense in the country. And I kind of have to hold off and say, man, have you seen my college team? Because that <laughs> is literally the worst offense in the world. Yeah. So it's been tough. And when you get on the post game show and the first thing someone says, how are you guys doing? You're like, yeah, it's, it's not the right. It's question. Rough. Uh, These yeah. streets are rough, Ricky. Um, yeah. Do you have any, let's get started with this Calvin Throckmorton news. You yeah. are someone who has been very um, even keel throughout this season, trying to find Really good and bad, and be, you've been very objective through everything. Sure. Make sense of this move for us, please. I don't know really how I can. Um, I'll give you my interpretation of it, but I don't. I don't promise that it's actually going to help make any sense. Um, okay, I sounds like that, a Panthers move, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm just really trying to like stay in line with the way that the team operates, right? I, I don't want to surprise anybody by making too much sense. Um, Calvin Throckmorton, <laughs> man, he played. He played seven games. He started seven games for us, right? Yeah, he was a post-cut waiver ad that we put in a waiver claim for. So clearly, there was somebody in the building that liked him enough to say we want to make sure that somebody else doesn't get him, right? Or else it's just a waste of a waiver claim. I think that at that time, I was telling myself and telling anyone that asked me about who Calvin Throckmorton was, 
it's strictly a depth thing because they've got this rookie yep. in Chandler Savalo that they do not know what he's going to be and how long it's going to take him to get to where they are comfortable with him playing. Um, the other option was Nash Jensen, an undrafted free agent rookie, right? Um, we knew complicated we by Brady Christian's injury in game right, one. Right. And that really, really compounded the issue in, in my opinion. I think that with Brady out, we always had our eye on the ball of getting Corbett back later in the year. We knew it wasn't going to be right at the beginning, but we thought that we could get right when he was back in there. Yeah. When we lost Brady, I think that it kind of created the flood storm that we're in the middle of right now, to be completely honest, man. And I think that this Calvin Throckmorton thing is a, we have to make a move but we don't want to do anything overly substantial because we don't have any idea what the long-term plan is here on this offensive line. And I don't think you will ever get that admission from them. I would have liked to have seen that with this move, a corresponding move of whoever it was that was making these roster decisions and the depth chart decisions of, Hey man, bring Calvin Thark Morton and let him play. I understand that Zavala got that injury, but he didn't win that position back. They kept Brock Morton going in there. If the plan is now to have Zavala come back in, there has got to be some sort of explanation for what they have done with this depth chart. I mean, there, there is no rhyme or reason to where they're moving people around for. Throckmorton looked terrible. Savala had probably the worst PFF grade of any active guard that was playing. So there is no silver lining to either of them, but Throckmorton has no connection with the team. Zavala is a draft pick. You you can't cut him. You can't get rid of him. That's admitting a wrong, right? It's already admitting a failure. Well, and it would be kind of rash too, right? A third round. No matter how bad he is, I don't think that he was supposed to play at the beginning of this year. I don't think they had any shouldn't. of Zavala. That playing. was a fan thing. The fans loved him because he, it he had the tie to, yeah, for like eight games. Yeah. Well, Do you yeah, think I'll, this could be a way to dev- to say, hey, look, the season – is kaputs um and throckmorton's a veteran who's been in the league for a while i don't even know if he's played that much to be honest i just read that he was a veteran i didn't even know that he existed yeah, he, before. He, got, he got some time with the saints last year he got some um so could this be a, a move to say like hey man this needs to be a time for us to start working on developing players the things we argued about in the past that we haven't done when the season was right. going bad yeah, I, I think that it is that. I think that where I have a big problem is, and not a big problem, but where I'm having a communication problem with that, right? Because I think a lot of this issue that I've had with the front office and the coaching staff of this team has been the messaging. And I think that's what a lot of fans have had an issue with. If you're saying that we are going to work on the development now of Chandler Zavala, that's our, that's our focus. We want to see what we have in him so that we can make a decision. It also kind of comes at the expense of the development of Bryce Young. Because he has been so bad that right now, if you're trying to get a gauge on what you have in a developing player, I would prioritize Bryce Young and getting a, an sure. accurate read on what he can do with the best protection. So that's where I come back to my original point of is that is this a move that is getting Bryce the best protection or is this a move that has some sort of ulterior motive to it? And if it's not about getting Bryce the best protection, there's got to be an explanation for what this plan has been all along because that just seems like a big like incompetent move to not have the offensive line built to give the best protection. Did this move come after uh, the Monday press conference? I mean, it happened today, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah, Uh, basically we need a reporter. We got to get in touch with Tim Jenkins and say, the people want to know not that we care about Throckmorton, 
but what is the coinciding plan with this move? And yeah, is there any concern about uh, the development of Bryce Young at this? At this spe- but he sucked anyway. So there's did it be- really matter? Who, Calvin? Yeah, I mean, like, I yeah. know Savala yeah. had a bad game and a half or whatever, but, like, I mean, yeah, are Zavala, we really Zavala just comparing short people's height at this point? Yeah, Zavala had a bad stretch. After that week one showing, I thought he had some promise on tape, and that was also right. his only start that he started at right guard, and then we moved right. him over to the left side. I don't think that it's some, like, giant move moving from the right to the left side, and you ask some people, and they'll tell you that the left side is actually an easier position to play on the offensive line than the right guard side. Um, I don't, I don't really think that that's that incredible of a move to go from one side to the other playing guard that should have resulted in this like devastating difference in the way that he played the game. I, I just, man, I have a really hard time understanding what the long-term goal is here. And if it is Zavala being the starter, okay, but is that detrimental to Bryce Young? That's, that's the only question that I want to figure out, right? is are we willing to figure out if we have a long-term solution at left guard at the detriment of our quarterback, or do we want to prioritize figuring out what's the best protection? I don't care if it's going and picking up a veteran free agent who's just sitting around right now. Just for the does back end. Better, just for right now. Does he do a better job of blocking than Chandler Zavala will for the next eight, seven weeks? Yeah. Look, Ricky, I want to get to the meat on the bone here, man. Oh, yeah. I, I really want to get into this, brother, because – Look, Panther Nation, they're already firing Frank Reich. They're already talking about who the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers is going to be. And you talk about what's best for Bryce Young's development. Well, I've been of the mindset that this entire coaching staff hand-selected Bryce Young. He's the guy that reportedly they all wanted, and they were all sold on the organization from top to bottom chose Bryce as their quarterback of the future. If you do this thing where you fire the GM and the head coach again in the offseason, well, now you're bringing in a brand new coach and a brand new GM that had no say-so and bringing in the set quarterback. So I've always been hesitant to just say, fire everyone, fire everyone. Sure, But I've got to be honest with you, man. It's getting harder and harder to defend Frank Reich, especially in light of recent things that have been said, um, it's caused a recent stir and a bit of a brouhaha. Frank's statements on whether or not uh, we're a smash mouth football team. Uh, I'm going to play this clip and then I want to get your opinions on Frank Reich and the coaching staff and where we should go from here uh, after we do hear from Frank Reich. Got it. Just goes to, and again, I, you know, I don't want to you know, say everything that we're trying to do schematically. Um, But in the big picture, you know, I will say this. We want to be a physical football team who can run the ball on their own terms. Do we want to be smash mouth football, under center, power? I know that's not who we're trying to be. We're not trying to be that. So. Now, he says that we're not trying to be that. Okay. Granted, you got a quarterback from a very specific style of system uh, into the Carolina Panthers, and you want to try and build that around him. But now you also have league sources that are coming out and saying how boring this Panthers offense is, how rudimentary it is. Um, and, and league executives everywhere are saying 
just how behind the curve we are. What did you make of Frank Reich <clears throat> through this point? Are they purposefully, or I don't want to say purposefully, but are they just putting Bryce in such disadvantageous positions that they need to fire him now and get a brand new set of coaches in that can maximize his potential? Or do you think that we need to perhaps exercise a little bit of caution when we talk about Frank? So, you know, at the beginning of the season, when we started out really poorly in the first four games, right? Oh, and four. I, I preached a little bit of patience because we didn't see anything in the preseason. And that was uh, on purpose, right? They said that they were keeping everything close to the vest so that we could kind of have the uh, surprise element at, at, our, at our behalf. They haven't, they didn't really open up anything after the first three or four games. So then I start mm -hmm. questioning so what did we, what did we hide? Is there another grand scheme that's coming out in week five, week six? Like wh where, when are you taking that ace out of your, out of your pocket? Right. It's just not happening. Then he makes the move to change the play calling over to Thomas Brown. Three weeks later, he's talking about can't commit to that being the case going forward. They're still working that out. He came as, as recent as I think after the week nine game, he said, we're still figuring out the identity of this team. So where I have my trepidation with Frank Reich at this point, and I, I'm going to be honest, I am on board with cleaning house at this point. And, and here's the reason why I don't think that this staff is going to be able to maximize what Bryce Young does. Well, I don't think that they anticipated having so much adversity. And I think that some of that is on Bryce Young. I think that some of that is on the collaborative efforts of this playbook. I don't think that what Frank Reich and Thomas Brown tried to mesh together clicked and gelled in any kind of way. You look at the offense that they're playing, and it is a stagnant, static offense. Everything is short. There is none of the motion from the Rams offense that you would expect. There is none of the play action. And a lot of the play action people are pointing to now saying, well, you could get that if you play out of under center a little bit more. It's true. But look at what the Rams do. They're not out of center that much either. They play out of shotgun a lot. So there, there are ways to scheme up these advantages and to play to your personnel. And this coaching staff isn't doing that. I think that Frank Reich is a really smart guy. I think he's a really nice guy. I don't know that his personality, first of all, is the personality that's going to take this already kind of docile quarterback, right? Like Bryce Young is a very peaceful, calm dude. You see some fire when he's playing, but the pressers and everything like that, he leads by example. He doesn't lead with words for the most part. I don't know that what we have with Frank is going to be the leadership quality that you want to see from this exact coaching staff in this team. My personal opinion. Um, you know, on that note with Frank Reich, um, I came to this weird potential wrinkle in this entire situation with the even the begin with hiring Frank Reich. Mm -hmm. And one thing that came to my attention was, and when you look at the field of coaches that were really going to be available, we weren't really getting the highest quality interviewees, right? And so one of the thoughts that, and, and listen, that's no shade on Frank Reich. That's no shade on uh, even Steve Wilkes or anything along those lines. But when I look at the the group of coaches that were actually going to have a chance at coming to Carolina, that didn't back out, that even refused an interview altogether. Like, I mean, when you look at that list, do you believe there is a chance that that Tepper hired the guy that was going to be easiest to fire after year one? 
I, I don't think, I, yeah, it's a good question. And and I think that it's legitimate to wonder because of the fact that you, you look at Tepper, man, and you kind of think the same thing about Fitterer sometimes. Is he kind of a patsy? Is he kind of a yes man for, for Tepper or for Tepper, right? There's, there's a lot of insinuation about those kinds of things, but I don't think that Tepper would do that. And I, and the reason for that is because I just don't, everyone talks about Tepper not caring. I think he does care, man. I think he does want to win. It messes with his money. Almost too much. Yeah, almost. You know too what I mean? Much. Like it's where you right? You're too anxious to move up the timeline, and he probably right. wouldn't open the checkbook for all the assistance if that was. I don't the think case. so, man. I, I really don't. Unless he had some sort of under scheming plan of Thomas Brown or, or Evero or somebody being the one to take over, and that's why he's paying so that they could keep. I, I just don't see that, man. I think that this was all genuine. I think that they missed to be completely honest. And I don't think it's anything crazier than that. I think that they liked what they were told. I will say this, that you brought up in, in the hiring process. And I just, I had an article post today from Cat Crave. Frank Reich, we were the only ones that interviewed him in this hiring cycle. When we hired Scott Fitterer as GM in 2021, we were the only ones that, hired, that interviewed him in that hiring cycle. We're getting sold by some of these candidates. And I don't know if it's Tepper or if it's his wife, I, I, who it is. But somebody is coming in and they're making like a one-day impression as opposed to looking at the recent history of what they've done. You shouldn't have looked at Frank Reich and said that he was fired midseason, no matter how crazy Jim Irsay is, man. And I understand that that is a a, a slippery slope to talk about Jim Irsay's mental fortitude and his ability well, to He make- wanted to fire him the year before, too. He did, but he wanted to fire him because he wasn't coaching very well, right? Like he just – it wasn't a consistent team. The only consistent thing about them is that they weren't going to be extravagant. They weren't going to be great. They weren't going to excel. Right. And that's my issue with with that scenario is a lot of people are kind of hanging their hat on what, that were really big fans of, of uh, Reich. I'd brought to the game. The- Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Equation, his entire career as a a coach of any capacity, he's been a loser more than he's been a winner, right? Well, he actually Uh, has a winning record, though. Well, as as a Colts, but I'm talking about is over his career as a coach in the entire NFL. Right, like not just head coach. I'm talking about yeah, when you look at his scenarios, he's been fired more than he's been hired. Right, so um, I think it might be an exaggeration, but nonetheless, as as far as the, I hate the idea of saying that Reich had uh, had these different pieces, like he was able to do nothing with something, right, uh, or something with nothing rather. Uh, and I, I think that when you look at that. It, I don't think that his his coaching was elevating any team that he's been on. I don't feel like we've seen an I mean he's an offensive minded head coach and I just outside of Jonathan Taylor being a freak 2 years ago, I mean there's nothing that that Frank Reich has has done that's made me feel like he's an explo- he's an, he's a coach who's able to outcoach the other side of the field. It just doesn't yeah, seem that's that what way. we were hoping for when we got a guy who was offensively minded that we thought would be able to give us some sort of game plan advantage. Um, is there any possibility, though, 
Is there a future, A, with Frank Reich in it? And B, is there any possibility that he could B, get something out of this Panthers team? And this just happened to be a bomb. Like you kind of went on and you were a comedian and you went up there and you just bombed. You turned out to be a good, you you could be a funny guy. You could be a good comedian. You had a shitty night. I mean, this is so bad. It's just like everything's gone bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I if I may even only say that's right now, because it's like every single. Right. Thing and if right. I may add on top of that question uh, for you to answer, Ricky, you know, I, I know you see me going back and forth with the whole Bryce debates all the time on on, on Twitter. And one bit. of the things, <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of it. I, I, I understand. But, uh, One of the things that I've been saying, though, is that if some of these things are true for Bryce Young, Mm -hmm. that the offensive line is not good, the wide receivers are not good, then if those things are kind of out of Bryce Young's control, Mm -hmm. then to a certain extent, they're also out of the control of a guy like Frank Reich and Thomas Brown, who, you know, got opportunities of a lifetime, paychecks of a lifetime to be able to come here to Carolina and further their career. And they just don't have the talent to be able to maximize what they do. So does any of that also kind of tie into the potential of maybe giving Frank Reich a a little bit longer leash than some Panther fans are wanting to give them? So here's my thoughts on that, because it's an interesting premise that I actually had this conversation with somebody today. The difference between giving Bryce Young and Frank Reich in this staff like the same amount of leniency is that Bryce Young didn't choose to come here. Bryce Young didn't agree that the players on this roster currently would work for him. He also didn't go and get extra players that he thought would fit his system and make it work to a T and say, this is what can work. He didn't agree to work with the coaches. He didn't agree that the meshing of the of the philosophies in, this com- in the schematics on offense would make a potent offense that he already came out and said, we're going to contend for the division title. We're going to try to win games. We may not win all of them, but we're going to be out there playing hard and we're going to have fun, exciting offense, right? The difference is that Bryce didn't get to choose any of that. Bryce got chosen for it, and they're asking him to execute what they want him to. Sometimes that's just not going to work. What I thought about Frank Reich and where I was not sold on him, he wasn't my first preference on a coach. I don't think he was anybody's because he was a surprise, right? Like no one had him on their short list of coaches that was going to be brought into Carolina. But what sold me on it was when he gave the whole speech of, I might be a 60-year-old guy with a lot of NFL experience coaching, but I'm open to working with these younger minds and doing things their way and doing this in a Different approach. I'm not going to try to do things my way. And I don't think he's done it just his way. You talk about his time at the Colts and you're like, I don't think that he elevated any of the play of any of those players. You bring up Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor's an elite player, right? You don't have to really elevate him. He made the playoffs with Phillip Rivers. He made, he went on a crazy, not a crazy run, but with Carson but he made, But he made a nice late season run, right? Like he did, yeah. he did yeah. string together some consecutive wins. He also what inherited he did, a great defense and a, and a great, great offensive, offensive line. line. The offensive line is the key there. He had a great offensive line at almost every stop along his way that he did find success. What he elevated, in my opinion, and what I anticipated coming here to Carolina was the usage of the tight end position. And he didn't have guys that were getting 1,000-yard seasons or anything, but he had four guys that were getting 400-yard seasons. 
He was using people in a myriad of ways that were creative, that were keeping defenses off being able to guess what we were doing, what the attack was. You put in six or seven offensive linemen, which essentially is what 12 or 13 personnel is, right? You have those extra blockers in the tight end. You give that look and you're forcing the defensive personnel to play certain people. You're forcing them to play certain looks. And what he did is he took advantage of that with play action. He had tight ends that he thought were dual threats that could do both. And it was staying multiple on offense. I thought that was the vision when he came here. He took his receiver or his running backs like Naheem Hines and he turned them into threats out of the backfield. He had situational players. What did he forget he was, football then all of a sudden? I, like I, I have no idea. I, I think that it's this the mesh of the philosophies with him and Thomas Brown. I don't think it works, man. Like I keep coming back to that in my head. And I have no way to know that for sure because I don't even know what the playbook looks like. You can look is at it, quarterback school and watch all this stuff and say the playbook is just Hank over and over and over. It's all hooks. I get it. But none of it looks familiar to anything that they're doing. It all looks ultra conservative. And kind of like they're not sure what they're doing. I think sometimes we can get lost in vanilla play calling terminology um, and be unhappy with things just because it hasn't worked. I don't know. Like, sure, is are some of these guys innovative and doing cool things and breaking down other offense, you know, defenses and stuff? Mm -hmm. Certainly. But you have to be able to execute. Yeah. Right. You have to be able to, to execute simple plays before you can do complex plays. Absolutely. I I don't know if I think you're on to something, too, with kind of the lack of like, uh, I think this is that they came in and they said, look, we got Bryce Young. We're going to spread the ball around. We're going to do all this. And he hasn't been as productive as they hoped he would be as a rookie. Maybe they rushed it too quickly. I think also that the personnel isn't executing very well. Yeah. And I I don't want to and look is that more than likely Frank Reich is one and done now. I mean it's going to be hard to bring him back and sell that to anybody including yeah. Tepper. But like all of a sudden like uh there's not it can't be that Frank Reich just goes we don't want to use the tight end now. I'm sorry, like it just can't be. And I see a lot of plays where Bryce Young just isn't looking at Hayden Hurst. Like every time Hayden Hurst is open, he happens to be looking somewhere else. Now, is that his fault? You know what I mean? Is it the way the play's progressing? Who knows? I'm not trying to criticize yeah. Bryce Young fans. I know that. No, I think I think it's okay to criticize Bryce, though. Like that's the thing about this, man. Like I think that all of you guys know that I am a Bryce Young fan, right? Like, I like him. Yeah. I believe in him. I think that he's going to be a very good quarterback. I think that he has the ability to be a very good quarterback. And I've seen flashes of it. But I've also seen flashes of stuff that I didn't even see him do in college that are troubling, yes. bad, bad habits, and things that are going to be difficult to come out of. You want to talk about like the, the, the linear track between Trevor Lawrence and what happened with Urban Meyer, right? He had this awful coach that did this detrimental damage to him. But then he got Doug Peterson to come in and everyone thought everything was solved, right? Look at what Trevor Lawrence has done a couple of times this year. He's regressed back into the old habits that he formed with Urban Meyer. Getting sped up, making bad decisions, not trusting. Turning himself. the ball over. Turning the I have ball a friend. Over. My trainer says this, if and he's a black guy. He says if Trevor Lawrence was black, he would be getting shit on everywhere right now. He said he's got the white quarterback leeway. 
I think that if Trevor Lawrence was anything other than the guy that was touted as, and here's the phrase that everyone yeah. loves so much, is generational, generational. prospect. <sighs> I think that if he was touted as anything other than that, man, I mean, seriously, like even regarded as Bryce Young or CJ Stroud in that in that reign, right? I don't think that anyone would be surprised that he's not playing out of his mind right now. Right. People are, are really quick to watch CJ Stroud have such a phenomenal start, man. And it is an incredible thing to watch. I'm super happy for this dude. It is outstanding. It's not typical. It is not typical in the slightest of what we are seeing right no, now. No, no, not at all. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean that Bryce Young will never be able to be in the same tier as CJ Stroud. And it doesn't mean that CJ is going to stay where he is right now either, man. Like he's played 10 weeks, right? And it looks like he's the real deal. It looks like it is legitimate. There was zero NFL tape on CJ Stroud and Bobby Slowick's offense coming into this year. You give NFL defensive and defensive coordinators an offseason to watch all the things that they did. Sure, sure. And I would love to see the adjustments that are made. But this is the story. But Stroud is the story and that not only fans and the media want, but also what front offices want. We act like it's just fans that are being impatient, that it's just the media pushing these things along. The not for long league, they are also impatient. So when you when that's happening, you go, Oh, well, fuck it. They did it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, and to add on to some of the things that you were saying earlier when you were talking about the Rams, and I yeah. think that this also goes to Thomas Brown as well, uh, the Panthers play out of 11 personnel 90% of the yep. time this season, and they're yep. only behind the Rams. However, the Rams use shifts and motions 70.5% of their snaps, which mm-hmm. is the third most. The Panthers are all the way down at 29th at 39.3% right. of snaps. So you're right. It's they're, they're trying to be like the Rams, but they're not doing without all of the things. Right. Yeah. Without committing to exactly what the Rams yeah. do. Look, I, I know we're going to be talking about coaches for a long time to come, but I, I'm going to throw a name at you, Rick. And every time I bring it up, Panther fans get real upset. Until I force them to stop and think about it for a sec. I'm going to put a name out there and you tell me what you think about it okay. in, in terms of being a new head coach for the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> that would be none other than Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien not only had the Houston Texans as contenders in the AFC South for a long time with Deshaun Watson. He was also the offensive coordinator for Tom Brady when they won the Super Bowl. And to top it all off, who better to help build your offense around Bryce Young than the guy who literally called the offense for Alabama when Bryce Young was winning a Heisman? I know a lot of fans don't have a lot of great thoughts about Bill O'Brien, but to me it seems like something that David Tepper would do. And personally, I think you could do a lot worse. What say you? Yeah, so what I'll say about Bill O'Brien is that you mentioned those things that he did well, right? He had the Alabama offense with Bryce Young. He had Tom Brady. He had Houston playing pretty good ball, right? If If you took what he did at Alabama and you gave him a different school's players, right? Does he do the same things? And I'm not trying to do this whole thing that it's all based on players. But what it means is, can he adjust? Because I think where he gets in trouble, look what he's doing in New England right now. He's also supposed to be the one that could have fixed Max Jones or Mac Jones. 
and turn Mac Jones back into Alabama Mac Jones. That's not happening. The offense as a whole is stalling out. The offensive line that they have going there, it's it looks very similar to what the Panthers have done where they think that they could take, look, we don't need to spend high capital on every position. We can just get one or two, and then we'll be able to build from around it. It's similar. So I'm a little bit wary about his ability to come in here and take the personnel that we have and and take that to his scheme. And, and at the other end of that, I'm very, very wary of him being able to tape our players to whatever scheme works for them. I think that he is similar to Frank Reich in the way that if he tries to put something in motion, if he tries to implement a offense and we don't have the personnel for it, he's going to keep trying to shove that square peg into that circle hole. He's not going to be able to figure out how to make that shape a little bit different so that it will work. And that's where I think that Bill O'Brien kind of has that same system for me. Um, but I do agree with at least the premise of the familiarity that he has with Bryce Young. He is going to know what you see Bryce Young doing a lot on NFL Sundays is like calibrating what he can and can't do in the NFL. To me, that's what I see a lot of. Bill O'Brien's going to already have an idea of what he can and can't do against the NFL because he's very familiar with NFL speed and talent. And he's also very familiar with Bryce Young. So he's going to look at it and he's going to say, yeah, look, here's the deal. You see this look right here? It's not the same as it was in Alabama. This is a different NFL look. There are different consequences that come from it. You have to read defenders differently. So maybe that's the ear that, or that, that voice in his ear that does help Bryce Young. But I don't know that it helps the entire team, man. Like, I don't know. It's a really tough one for me. I, I, I still personally. Is that a Band-Aid at that point? I know that they would no have to just turn it around or else everybody's no gone anyway. I understand that he's no one's first choice. Uh, however, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. But like what yeah. you said is exactly it for me. I'm actually kind of just getting sick and tired of the Panthers settling for things that aren't the first choice. They're settling sure. for the things that like like Ben Johnson, man. And like this is something that will plague Panthers fans for a long time that Ben Johnson spurred this franchise because he decided that he didn't want to ruin a good thing that he had going in Detroit. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you heard somebody say that Detroit was a better situation than being one of 32 mm. NFL head coaches? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that's a, that's a damnation on the Panthers right. organization. And it's also a credit to what it was for Detroit to go and get the right guys and the right personnel for that system and to run it efficiently, man. When they got Ben it Johnson, didn't happen Jared overnight, Goff. though. No, and it didn't that is the, at all. the Panthers are working with um, basic goods out of the cupboard. You know, they're a, in a chop challenge right now. And that's where I don't know if um, saying the scheme is going to be the problem down the road, you know, is like, I don't think that we have the per. And here, let me bring this up. Cody, can you bring up the Frank Reich discussion today? or yesterday where he said they don't want to be a power run team. And, you know, I would, I would say too, while you're looking for that, I would say that when you talk about like, it's maybe not the scheme all the way down the road, maybe they can fix that. How long does it take? How many players do they need yeah. for his system? So how long does it take? Cause if it takes two or three years, that's two or three years out of Bryce Young's rookie contract window. And his, well, what would be fair though, to be honest, is that that might been the problem is that you're it's rushing tough. that along in a way. It's a tough situation, man. I just, I don't know that, 
I don't know. Cause then aren't you going to have the same problem too with the next guy and the next scheme and the next thing is like, you you have to have, this is, this is why I brought up Bill O'Brien, right? Yeah. Because obviously Ben Johnson's the hot name right now. You're going to hear Bobby Slovak, who's the offensive coordinator for the Texans who Mm. came from the Kyle Shanahan tree. You're hearing all these names, but my thing is like, you're, you're essentially asking David Tepper to hire someone that he interviewed last year and uh, they they weren't able to come to an agreement. Nah, he refused, so, didn't he? Co- well, like, no, D'Amico Ryan's refused to interview. D'Amico Ryan's did not interview, yeah. Right. Did Demico Ben Ryan's Johnson actually to. interview or didn't he, he did. just say, he I'm did. going he did. to interview? He did. I think he did like a phone interview. I don't think that he came in okay. person, if I remember correctly. I don't think right. that they ever got him here to Charlotte. Um, yeah. And again, the only point that I was making with Bill O'Brien, I understand that it's nobody's first choice, especially yeah. how it ended with Houston and how so many people didn't like the culture there. I understand that completely. But considering that the Panthers are going into 2024 without their first round pick, they didn't trade anyone before the deadline. So it's not like they're looking to get more and more capital to be able to build around Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. You're going to need somebody that really believes in Bryce Young's abilities and Bill O'Brien throughout that entire process. I mean, basically came out and said that Bryce is one of the smartest quarterbacks that he's ever worked with. Mind you, he won a Super Bowl with a dude named Tom Brady. So if he believes in Bryce that much and you as an organization believe in Bryce that much that you traded so much to move up for him, I just feel like you could do a lot worse. It's great to have somebody in his corner, right? Like that would be a really positive thing to have somebody in Bryce's corner because right now I'm not 100%. I know that Thomas Brown raves about him and talks about how much he loves him. I just don't know that he has anybody that's like, look, this is our guy, dude. We're going to do whatever we have to do to make this successful. I still think that there's a little bit of, for Thomas Brown too, man, this is his first year as an offensive coordinator. He wants to make his mark and he wants to do things his way and show what he's able to do. Frank wants to prove that whatever happened in Indianapolis wasn't because of him. It was because of the crazy owner and all this stuff. There's, there's these little, I feel like there's these little personal <laughs> motivations that I wish weren't there. And that's why I wish that it wasn't this hodgepodge staff. I would love to see somebody that comes in. You talk about a team takes a uh, head coach's personality, right? This is where I, I have my hard time with Bill O'Brien, with Franco Reich, with Frank Reich, not Franco Reich. Frank Reich is all of this stuff, man. Really nice guy. Sweet as can be. I think I said this one time in a space or something like that. He's like a golden doodle, right? He's like that meme that you see where the owner looks like their dog. Frank oh, Frank Reich is a golden doodle, and he's got our entire football team looking like golden doodles right now. Those are terrific dogs, man. They're great family pets. I love them. I would tell any family that wants a dog to go get a golden doodle. I wouldn't bet a dime on a golden doodle in a dog fight. And every Sunday, we're asking golden doodles to go out there and win a dog fight. You look at Dan Campbell in Detroit. What changed that culture there? What changed it? It's when he came out and he's talking about eating kneecaps and breaking spines and stuff like that. You need somebody that if you have a team that has a history of losing, if you have a culture that needs revamping, and this is why everyone goes back to Steve Wilkes, man. Steve Wilkes figured that out. He figured out a way to have this team buying into him as their leader. Everything else I think could have happened creating the staff I, I wanted Steve Wilkes to be the coach if there was not a better option. And I know that sounds kind of shitty, but it was one of those, I wanted an offensive coach really badly. I really did, man. 
I thought that this franchise, if we were going to make a move up for a quarterback, I thought we had to prioritize offense for once in the history of this franchise. I was really hoping that Ben Johnson or Shane Steichen from Philadelphia, those were the two that I wanted. I thought that they were the ones that looked like they had kind of that it factor that the Kevin O'Connells, that the Sean McVeighs, that the Bobby Slokes and Kyle Shanahan's, these guys that just seem to have it figured out. It doesn't look temporary. It seems like they're actually good coaches and the guys are buying into it. And they don't have this huge history of the NFL of old days kind of interfering with their new age approach. That's where I was sold on. Steve Wilkes, the only hesitation I had with him is what was his staff going to be? That wasn't a knock on him. I just had no inclination what it was going to be. When you look at somebody like that comes out of Shane Steichen out of the Philadelphia system, I thought maybe he brings Brian Johnson with him, right? From Philadelphia. I could do a linear path where I could see that all coming together. I can't see it all coming together with somebody that has never put together a successful staff, if that makes sense. Uh, Ricky, uh, first, we don't want to hog your time, but we'd love for you to hang out if you don't have anything to do. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, We're giving away a jersey at 10 o'clock because we hit the Mega Mango. Uh, Cody, what do we got next? Um, well, yeah, I mean, this is something that we talked about a little bit. Oh, well, no, let, let's talk about this. We, we've done a lot of talking uh, about the offense. Uh, mm-hmm. What does this mean for us? We're finally going to see the return of J.C. Horn and, yeah, technically Ian Thomas. But we're, we all know what, what we're here to talk about is for, <laughs> for, for, for J.C. Horn. And, again, I mean, you have some good wide receivers coming into town uh, against the Cowboys. What do we think this does for our defense? And at this point, what do you even expect from J.C. Horn? I mean, we haven't seen him in, su- in such a long time. He's mm-hmm. been hurt just about every season. And now we're asking him to come back and play at a high level. Uh, my question for Ricky and really everyone here on the panel is, what do we expect of J.C. Horn uh, this Sunday against Dallas? Man, I, I tell you, if, they, if he's active, if they're giving him the green light to go, I'm expecting a high-caliber corner to be out there on the field, to be completely honest. I don't think that you put him out there if he's anything less than 100% because there's no need. You're 1-8. and eight. There is zero need to put him out there if he's not full gear, 100% ready to go. And if he is, then I think you absolutely put him out there because he's got some um, validation to do here, some proving. Mm-hmm. And he's up for a big year next year where he's going to be up for his extension. I think that J.C. Horn brings a lot to this, man. Ajiro Evero in his defense, he has done a great job with what he's been dealt, dude. This defense has faced yeah. just devastating. They don't have injury. any parts, man. They got man, nothing, they've been man. devastated by injury, and they were understaffed to start. Look at it. And that's that's my only gripe with Evero, man, is that I think that I've heard that he has been kind of a little bit adamant that they didn't need the nose tackle in his system to, to do with the run stop. I think that was a mistake. You know what I mean? I just think that's an sure. honest-to-God mistake. But – also, I think that he was saying maybe we have to prioritize something else over that, right? Maybe we right. go and we have to reach up for DJ Johnson because that's what he thought he needed to prioritize and that he could make that work. That's a blunder. Obviously, DJ Johnson hasn't worked out. But Evero has that secondary playing great football. And we haven't seen that for a minute, man. Dante Jackson's playing well. DiCaprio Boodle looked good. Before CJ Henderson got hurt, I thought he was playing pretty damn good football, man. All the guys yep. that we didn't think would look good, actually, we didn't even know yeah. existed. The Williams yeah. guy, Deshaun yeah. Yeah. Will, or Deshaun Williams, 
Uh, yeah, I guess the exactly. only thing that I've been upset about is like, why are the players that we drafted not playing? I guess Jamie Robinson. I call Starting him Jamie. Yeah, he hell, finally man. started the season. Right. Um, no, I think the defense, uh, I could say, in some ways, I think the the safety play has been well enough. Hey, and no Jeremy Chen, but I don't think teams have had to pass on us, Ricky. No. I think part of the secondary not looking bad is they've been able to run the ball effectively and get mm-hmm. short fields from, you know I mean? What did, look, you got a Minnesota team that beat us with 136 yards passing. You had yep. a Houston team. That only got a hundred. I mean, like nobody has had to put up. Well, we won with Houston, uh, Indianapolis. They didn't have to do anything on offense. So, I mean, I do think the defense has performed better than expected in some ways, given mm-hmm. the fact of all the injuries. And I thought that I really thought the offensive unit was going to be the better unit of this team going into yeah. it. And look, is that's why I don't want to only say it's play calling on the offense because DJ Chart can't get off the line. He mm-hmm. can't. I mean, it's just like is no. Even you know, the more players Jonathan they thought Mingo. were going to be contributors have been terrible. Yeah, but, um, you're right. The defense has been a pleasant surprise. But I agree with you 100. Is that if if he ain't ready to play and go after it, he shouldn't be coming back. Yeah. I wonder how much he's trying to force it. How much the team really is interested in seeing him. And yeah. really, all I want to see is again what you said. Plus finish the game mm-hmm. and then finish the season. That's yep. what I want to see from them. Yep. And you know, you talk about the teams that um, come in, they don't have to throw against us. And that's kind of what's like boosting up that pass defense, the numbers. I think the biggest feather in the cap though, was actually that Texans game because they have a, a abysmal run game, right? Like right. they have a terrible running game and they are a very heavy pass team. And they came in and they didn't try to change their, their game plan. You talk about Minnesota, they tried to change their game plan. They knew what our deficiencies were, and they attacked that as opposed to playing yep. to their strengths. Houston didn't do that, and we put out a great game plan against a high-powered offense that was clicking, that no one else in the league was making adjustments for and planning for in the way that Evero did. That's his feather in his cap for this year, in my opinion, so far. Um, going forward, though, yeah, this is a big test right now against Dallas, man, and getting JC back would be mm-hmm. a really nice thing. Is it even sure that he's playing, though? I know that they said they opened his window but I haven't seen any kind of confirmation that he's definitely going to be active yet. Well, they did the same thing to him that they did to Thomas and they're saying Thomas is playing. They did the Got designated it. to return from IR. Um, so, but I didn't have, to be honest with you, I, I, for whatever reason, there was a part of me that thought that he didn't even go on IR. They'd just been waiting for him, but um, it's been, uh, it's been an unfortunate reality for, for him to be uh, behind the eight ball for so long, man. I really want him to be healthy for an entire season so we can see, what he's capable of doing, but right. man, I'm a proponent. I've talked about it. And not to go back to the Frank Reich, but I've I've been a proponent that Evero needs to be given the interim head coach position, give him a real shot at getting the head coaching position in the offseason um, and see what this guy can do. Because I mean, he was highly highly sought after. Um, they wanted to keep him in Denver, uh, and uh, and you know we were able to steal him away from him. So I think we got to give this guy an opportunity to show what he's actually capable of doing beyond just taking care of you know second stringers and turning them into you know starters in this league. My interim head coach choice is Chris Tabor, the Those only unit that's been good. And is there a, you know, I don't even really care. Um, <laughs> Tabor's been good for a few years now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's give away a jersey. All right. Let me ask the panel if you wanted a jersey, if you were going to go buy a jersey today, what would it be? 
Sam Franklin. Nice. Frankie nice. Louvu. Ooh, yeah. I was thinking about Frankie Louvu because I thought, hey, that would be the jersey I would want, but there's a chance he's not on the team next year. Yeah, yeah. He's a one, yeah, he's only he's a, a contract here. So um I think you've got to go with somebody who's under contract for a couple of years. I mean, you could say Thielen, but there's also a chance mm. that he retires after this year. Is it Bryce Young? Do we gotta give away a Bryce Young jersey? <laughs> or uh so, uh Hunter Roberts said Thielen. Yeah, well that's what CK's yeah. I, I can't oh. I don't know. I mean I don't know if I could buy a thirty three year old wide receiver jersey and be super excited about it. Yeah, but I mean it's not for you, you know. What about Derek Brown? Mm. He's still he's gonna be going into a uh are he's we into a contract year, but I I it's, I mean it's you would those, get two years out of a year. It's and gonna a half. it's gonna be Derek Brown, Brian Burns. I mean, one or one or both of them is gonna be here, right? Like they're gonna pay one of those guys to keep somebody on this defense. All right, I'm going to say this is right now we're going either Bryce or Brown, but we'll let the winner pick from those two. Or actually, they can pick any damn jersey they yeah, want, uh, as long as I can get it at a reasonable price and from the team or whatever, you know, some way. I mean, I will even buy it from China if you want. That would be cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I get my jerseys. Uh, all right, so here's how it's going to work is we hit the Mega Mingo, and to show you what Mega Mingo is, I don't know if uh, Ricky is – have you heard of Mega Mingo, Ricky? I have not, no, no. All right, so well, – You did the, just say Mingo. I thought you were now talking about a Jonathan Mingo jersey. I was like, Well, that was that? the original plan when we designed this game. When we okay. designed this game, at the beginning of the season, we made a Mingo card. Card, a mega mango card okay where uh we have been filling out this bingo card for throughout the season and we keep it running and when we hit something we put an x up there multi-passing game successful challenge 300 passing yard game we've been sitting here for a couple of weeks it felt like <laughs> with this mango touchdown yeah and we were gonna give away a jonathan mango jersey we ended up getting this Mega Mingo hit with a special teams touchdown with the punt return. Oh, nice. So that makes them. But then we said, I don't know if anybody really wants a, Mega, a Jonathan Mingo jersey. We could well, have Sam stuck Frank, to the, the game. Frank, like, yeah, yeah. The Sam Franklin idea is interesting. That's for the special teams touchdown right now. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Dude, we're down so bad if we're giving down. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to give it away to a C3 super fan right now because of Mr. Strats. Good Lord, we have 206. He gave away 50 last week. So that was at like 100. We were at 150. That's where we've been sitting. So there's 206 current C3 super fans. I'm going to pull this up and show you guys. I've got the spreadsheet up. Mm -hmm. And uh, it looks a little like this. An Excel sheet. <laughs> All right. So I've got them numbered, or this is the number that they've been downloaded. Look, is uh, first shout out to my boy Kev, the first C3 super fan. Look at this. These are the old hats, right? These are the first at it. Way to go, John Jenkins. Way to go, Panther Pickle. Way to go, Kev. Sean Butler. James Island. Drew. Dexter. Dexter Lindsay. Just don't care. That's an angel investor. Supremely Yeah, so we got a lot. But look, there's a lot of names here. So I got to ask you one more question. When we do a giveaway like this, I'm going to do the random number generator. I see some people do, they hit it three times. The only thing I don't like about that is what if your number is the first one to hit? 
Yeah, do you feel like you got like cheated out or something? Right, right. Do we just hit it once or do we hit it three times? If you hit it three times, it changes the probability, right? I think um then it's not random. Yeah, well, like it's I, just not it's not one out of two fifty. You know what I, I mean? Think, like, I think we do it once unless we don't like who we get, and then we keep doing it until we Okay. <laughs> By the way, for those of you asking I hope it's how my mom. Become, for those of you asking how to become a super fan, uh a dollar ninety nine a month uh on YouTube. Uh, become one of our uh, paid super fans, man. It helps us continue to produce content, uh, the film room, all the things that we're doing in the off season. Uh, hey, it's all because of you guys, man. If you're watching on an iPhone, you have to probably open it up in a non-mobile app. Yeah, you need to open it up. And Google. Yeah, it's a whole ordeal, man. You have to go. If you're on iPhone, uh, go into like a browser. Go to YouTube, but erase the little M out of the URL to get it out of the mobile URL and just go to the normal website and you should see the join button on your iOS device. All right. Without further ado, I'm going to hit it once and we're going to give it away. Now, I'm also going to say this. I'll give you two weeks to get in touch with me. Right. You got to email me at Carolina, but Carolina Cat Chronicles at gmail.com or hit me on Twitter or just somehow directly get up with me so I can get your information. If I don't hear you from you in two weeks, we'll do this again and give it to somebody else. All right. Uh, is that fair, guys? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Here we go. Number 153. Ooh, a new, you know what? That's a strats. That's a strats yeah, donation. Probably. Oh, no, it's not because the, oh, the older numbers. C3 Padawan Panther. You have okay. one more choice of a jersey. Uh, first of all, I love anytime somebody has C3 in their tag. So well-deserved. CK, we like them. Yes. We like is, them. Uh, we'll, we'll keep this on the top of the list for the time being. Yeah, Padawan, I haven't seen Padawan in this in the chat yet, so we're going to have to probably put, yeah. put out a... Gonna, uh, uh, I think with him and I are friends on uh, Twitter. I'm going to shoot him a message. All right. Um, do we have anything else uh, topic-wise we want to talk about before we get into some cat calls? Um, let's see, man. We already talked about JC Horn. We already talked briefly about, um, this going around the NFL. Uh, several coaches and executives believe that the Panthers are relying too heavily on a shotgun and pistol, many shotgun formations with young, which limits the effectiveness of play action passes. They say adding more play action from under center would slow down the opponent's pass rush because they'd have to honor the run and create more separation for the receivers between the second and third levels of defenses. And you've been hearing this a lot, Tone. That Where do you people, think this information is coming from? It says coaches and executives. I, I know, but they do this always at the middle of the year, man. It's always like I don't trust this. We're hearing reports from such and such to saying such and such, but there is some credence to this. There are a lot of people, and again, if you were not a fan of Bryce Young during the draft process because of how tall he was, well, you're seeing this right now and saying, oh, well, all they can do with Bryce is put him in shotgun because he's so short, they don't want him so close to the line, which in actuality, that's not how it works at all. In fact, the New Orleans Saints put Drew Brees under center all the time, and that was one of the things that helped him to open up some of those throwing lanes. So, yeah, this has been a big topic for a while uh, if Panthers are putting Bryce in the gun far too much. 
All right. Well, you know, uh, I think this is that's part of the schematics of things, right? Like they want to yep. be out of gun. I hate oh, the I pistol in the NFL. I don't think that works in the NFL. Um, we heard some of you know, but we always hear this when it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, is that that's the whole thing. If this stuff and some of it is so close to working, really, if the Panthers would have just reeled off, found a way to win three games, we're not having these conversations. We're talking about really needing to build around Bryce and going into the future. It's just because it's been a calamity of error. Like every single thing has been bad mm-hmm. that that's why we can't get out of this funk. I think that and this is where I go back to the Frank. I kind of want to defend uh frank reich on his comment about not being a power run identity team i think he's right i I think like that's the whole point that's why you went and got bryce a guy who's a distributor of the football you want to spread him out you want a passing offense it might not be uh downfield all the time but you want to be a more offensively pass oriented team and I also don't think you really have the personnel to be a smash mouth team. I mean, you bring in Hayden Hurst. Is he the greatest blocker? I don't really know. Uh, if you want to be the reason we were able to be that smash mouth football team was a lot to do with Deontay Foreman and putting extra tight ends on the line, putting an extra a fullback in at times. Right. And just saying we're going to will three yards every time. And I don't think the Panthers want to be that, nor do they have the personnel. And I also think to say that Frank Reich is too oblivious schematically to understand that his offensive linemen are. So somebody messaged me today and a very nice, polite message, too. So it's not like a mean thing. Mm -hmm. But they said um, something to the effect of this offensive line is built for a power run game. And I think that's a polite way of saying Icky's not good in pass protection and nobody's really good. I think that the where I come with that, there's twofold, right? Icky, yes, is obviously way better um, in, in run blocking. But he's also he's not limited to just power run blocking. Icky is athletic. And that's why the, everyone thought that there was a high probability of him being able to develop into a good pass protector was because of his overall athleticism and his feet. He was pretty quick, um, which actually works for the zone blocking scheme. So it's not that he can't be effective in his own blocking scheme and he can only do a run or a power run. Bradley Bozeman is the key for that. For me, Bradley Bozeman in Baltimore ran a power run scheme and he was very effective. Bradley Bozeman is not very quick or nimble and he doesn't have a lot of lateral ability. So pulling him in a zone scheme doesn't work out very well more often than not. And that limits how many outside zones you can run that run that limits kind of like what else you could do from under center, as far as him getting out of the way before a defender gets directly on top of Bryce young. And that's where I think they are stubborn or bullish about not doing that. And I understand that my gripe is when Frank Reich sells the fact that he's leaving no stone unturned, he's not married to one certain thing and he is doing everything he can to put this football team in position to win, I would say that you have to incorporate some of the principles of a power run game and see what it does. You do not have to limit yourself to just one thing. And that's one thing that James Campen does with his coaching is that he doesn't teach just one blocking technique. He teaches to the player. That's what he's always been revered for, for his time in Green Bay and now here in Carolina. 
I just think that you're either limiting yourself because of stubbornness or you're limiting yourself because you don't see it. And either way, that responsibility is on the coaching staff for me. Maybe not. It's just it's not just Frank Reich. I put on this on Thomas Brown as well and James Campin. I don't think that this is a sole blame on Frank Reich, but Frank Reich is the head coach. And when the buck stops at somebody's desk, where does it stop? It's yep. either the head coach or the GM. And if nobody yep. can answer anything and make adjustments, those two have to be held accountable for it. True. Hey, uh, Tony, before we go to some calls, let's hit some of these super chats. Uh, Mr. Strats with the $5 uh, says, Ricky, why did Frank choose such an outdated and mundane set of plays? He seemed stubborn and stuck in old ways, non-innovative plays. And I kind of think that's the point that you're making. It's like they're mm-hmm. trying to continue to fit a square peg into a round hole uh, character comment. Yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily that Frank chose the outdated and mundane set of plays. I think that they, if they had better personnel, if they had faster personnel, if they had a better offensive line, I don't think that all of these schemes look as static and boring and slow that they do right now. It looks that way because of who's playing, but Frank and them are responsible for that as well because they chose some of these free agent players to run that system. Um, right. as far as the how much do you think he was involved in that, and how much do you think? I see, I Man, feel like you know, was I'm the a, first time Fitter was the guy mm-hmm. that had the command of the roster. Yeah. But you know, I'm gonna keep going back to the words that they use instead of me trying to interpret right. what I think of it. I'm gonna go off of what they're telling me so that I can collaborative. Laugh at person collaborative. collaborative exactly. Every single person in a room talking every week, we're talking, how do we get this team better? What do we do in free agency? How do we attack who fits? They told us that they meticulously put these players together for a reason because of this system. And now they're saying that this system is going to work. You just got to wait. You just got to wait. Look, man, we've touched about it tonight. It's a matter of time of how long is it going to take for you to get the right people in? Because we all can see right now, you don't have the right people. So you've been telling us you have the right people. You're you're standing on that. You're doubling down in the most recent press conference. We've got players to win a game. Yeah, you got players to win one game. That's what you've done. And if that was the objective, then I guess we could go ahead and call it a day and y'all can get out of here. We can bring in people that want to win eight or nine, you know. But one way or another, either they're telling us something that's not true or they don't know how to fix it. And I don't have confidence in either of those aspects coming from a head coach and GM. Okay. What's next? Uh, Fair Cody? enough. Uh, two more. Jerry with the 499 says Panthers are messing up Bryce Young. Uh, how many times could he have lost 10? Pretty sure he means yards. And he turned it into plus two yards. Was always better than Stroud, uh, says Jerry with the 499. He brings in another 499. says, how many times is Bryce? No, I think he did one. the same Yeah, he did the same he thing. Oh, well, the thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate oh, is that what he fixed? He fixed the yeah, yards. Fixed the yards. yards. That was nice of him. Um, I think that is optimistic Panther fan. I think that is, and I'm not trying to diminish your position, um, Jerry, is that I think that is someone who wants to believe that Bryce can be it. Um, And I don't think it's helpful to say he's better than Stroud and this and that. Like I, I, unfortunately those narratives are going to be woven together for the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're but, always going to be compared to one another, but his success and Bryce Young's success, they don't, they're corollary, not causal with yep. each other. Yep. Um, I think Bryce has shown moments. 
where he has done some good things. And look, is actually he's put some uh, yards together on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also been imperfect. Yep. And that's okay. I mean, he's a rookie. I think it's just so hard to see, like you were saying, Ricky, uh, Ricky earlier, is that because Stroud's season is so insanely good, it yeah. also makes Bryce's look worse. Yeah. Um, and really is it's not that Bryce has been bad. He just has been a rookie. Yes. And the problem is that we listen too much to the draft nerds. Mm-hmm. We listen way too much. And I'm I'm putting it in. I'm like, I've told everybody listening to this show. Every time I hear generational talent from now on, red flag for me. Yeah. If I hear pro ready, red flag for me. We should have said Bryce has these attributes that can translate to the NFL, mm-hmm. but he's going to have to go and get in the NFL. And look, he's had moments where, I mean, he's just had some, he didn't capitalize. That's fine. No problem. Yeah. I got no problem that he had a multi interception mm-hmm. game. I don't care. Yeah. It's just when our expectations were out through the roof. Yeah. And also to add on to it too, you know, when it comes to Bryce, I, I feel like, and Ricky, you even mentioned this earlier, so credit to you. It, it's like even things that you saw him doing well at Alabama, mm-hmm. he has seemingly regressed on. And one of the things that I noticed to be a big problem is staring down his first read. Now, for those of you that have been watching, we've been putting up all 22 film reviews, hour and 30 minute film reviews on the channel. And we're showing, it's not like we're nitpicking. When you look at Bryce from the end zone angle, so many times he gets stuck on that first read and he's just not moving off of it. Now, instead of me saying, oh, well, that's on Bryce, just not doing what a quarterback should do. I also remember a few weeks ago when apparently there were marching orders that came down from David Tepper to simplify the offense from Bryce Young. Well, I'm wondering if they're doing it almost to his detriment, that the offensive line is so bad and they want him to get the ball out of his hands so bad that they're toning down and oversimplifying things instead of just letting Bryce go through his progressions. I think he's doing that, Cody. I think that's part on him. And not in a bad way. I think that he he feels sped up. Yeah. Right. And and earlier in the season, I almost said he went through too many progressions and it was like, this is fine. Just throw the damn ball instead of mm-hmm. trying to make sure you go one, two, three, four, three, two, one, blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. And now it's now he's playing too sped up. I mean, there's just and- a lot of different things that are going on. He makes some good plays, but at the same time, I think. Two, I saw somebody put out. Yeah, uh, this is the one. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, not pro ready. Not pro. I love this one. I love this one. Yeah. So Daniel Jeremiah had what I think was the fairest take of Bryce Young. He says, uh, watching Bryce Young and the Panthers' offense this morning, a couple things stood out. Pass pro is poor. Not much separation down the field. Limited run after the catch. Bryce can't help those things but he does need to speed up a little bit. He's waiting for college open instead of pulling the trigger when guys are NFL open. And that's valid. You know, Mm -hmm. it it is a difference. And that's where some of the arm strength questions come in a little bit. Right. And I think that's also what makes people harp on the Stroud and Bryce thing even more 
is because Stroud was the bigger, stronger, better arm quarterback yeah. coming into the draft. And the reason why you drafted Bryce is because mentally he is so advanced and he uh, goes through his progressions and he knows where the blitz is coming from, changing protections at the line, doing all these things that veteran quarterbacks are doing. And yeah, now we're realizing that in order for all those traits to be on display, he is really more than most quarterbacks. He really has to have a helping supporting cast around him that can help him to do all those things. Well, I think Stroud is playing with confidence too. Mm -hmm. And Bryce is playing with a new territory of, of adversity. Yeah. It's hard to play confident for the Panthers. Yeah, I think that you're right that, that that assessment by Daniel Jeremiah was really, really good and really poignant. Um, but I also think that it's more evident in the past two weeks, those things that he's stressing about the college open to NFL open. Mm. And that's that's my concern right now, is that if you watch the even the Detroit game that we lost, the Miami game that we lost, he made throws with anticipation and timing when receivers were not anywhere close to being college open or even borderline NFL open. He just used his anticipation to see that that is where he needed to go. And that is a great sign. That's exactly what you want to see from Bryce Young. One more thing about his game, though, of why I think they liked him possibly more than CJ Stroud. Who knows what the truth is to any of that. But why I liked Bryce Young so much coming out was his creativity, his ability to create out of structure and and make off-platform throws. That was something that I thought translated really, really well to the NFL game that we are seeing today, because I think that that creativity is what you see from the most elite players in the league, whether it's big, small, run first, strong arm, doesn't matter. That creativity of Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Pat Mahomes, those guys have that ability. And that's where I thought he had the ceiling that was worth taking as the number one overall pick uh, uh, attached with his mental acumen and processing ability and all of those things. But that was that super super chat, I think is what you call it. I don't know. He said yep. something about how he would turn it into two yards positive instead of a 10-yard loss. That's a that's a portion of it, man. Like it is he's taking some 10-yard losses too, by the and way. He's taking 10-yard yeah, but- losses because he's holding on to the ball. And and you know what? Part of that is that he's waiting for that college open to show up these past couple yeah. weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. But part of that also is stemming from when he was at Alabama, he had the protection to wait longer. Because he would just wait for college open. Even if he saw the small window that he could throw, why yeah. not wait? He's got time. Wait until it's a sure damn thing and drop it in the bucket. And so he's going to have to break himself and his internal clock of that habit. But he's also got to make sure that he doesn't form new habits in the meantime. And what well, he's doing with that is these kind of panic moves and second guessing. And that's what you did not see from him in Alabama. So I, I, I 100% agree with you, Rick. And one of the things that I, I want to bring up, because, uh, you know, during the draft process, it, it was such a heated debate between the Bryce fans and the Shroud fans. But one of the things that was in Bryce's corner is that he was so good under pressure because mm-hmm. uh, because other Alabama offensive lines in the past had been a lot better than the one that Bryce was playing with. Yeah. So the, the narrative was that the receivers when Bryce was at Alabama and the offensive line, they weren't what they were in, in years past, and yet Bryce was still able to thrive and still able to have success. Yes. I feel like maybe, uh, and this is not my opinion, 
But I feel like this is why some people are also wondering and kind of worried that, yeah, maybe Bryce had all that improvisational skills in college, but they're still worried that we might not see that exact type of improvisation translate into the NFL. Yeah, I don't think you will. I think I think that's fair. And that's what I was kind of touching about earlier is it's it's calibration is what he's doing right now in the NFL. I don't think that you should expect him to be able to do the um, 10, 15 yard scrambles behind the line of scrimmage and run for seven seconds before he just throws it downfield and finds somebody wide open. I don't really. That's not realistic. I don't think that that's something that you should expect from this kid, man. Like he's not a barn burner of a runner. Like he doesn't have the rocket cannon arm. He's got a fine arm. dude. His arm is fine to make any NFL throw that he needs to make. He's not going to make the Josh Allen throws where he is whizzing it in from 60 yards on a line. It's not going to happen. But you know what? Josh Allen gets himself in trouble because of his arm a lot, too. So when you look at everything, man, there is a it's got to be a cohesive picture with a quarterback, man. And Bryce does have the ability to put it all together. But expecting him to be the exact same caliber athlete that he was in college when he's playing against some guys that end up going in, you know, being accountants like me or selling cars or doing anything else like that, they don't make it to the NFL. The NFL is the elite of the elite. Even these practice squad guys and even these waiver wire ads, these are guys that are better than everybody else at the game of football, man. That's why they play in the NFL. So Bryce is literally up against that every single day as opposed to sometimes getting a freshman who's starting for the you know third-year corner that's out for the week, and then he takes advantage of that. It's not the same when you have a deficiency in the NFL. That's still an NFL player. Even if it's not the J.C. Horn corner, it's still a NFL corner. Yeah. Uh, Cody, I, let's take some I, calls, bro. Uh, the last one I want, there was only one more slide that I, I was going to bring up. And, and, but you know what? It, it's a big one, Tony. You're, you're – you're gonna be happy that uh that I, I bring this up, I think. I don't care about this mess. <laughs> All right. Uh well, I mean it, it's also relevant considering everybody wants favor fired. Uh that there are many rumors that the Carolina Panthers were doing their damnedest to bring in either a Devontae Adams or a T. Higgins. Uh and I don't know how to feel about this because I don't necessarily know how hard they tried to do this, uh, but I have no doubt that they did try. But uh, I mean, it it kind of it goes. How is this big but, news, Cody? This is no news to me. Is no, that, I mean, look, this is new because Frank Reich is telling everyone that they're coming. They have the guys on the team right now. Oh, he's gonna always say that. Play. He's always said that. That's what you say. You don't. You 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 fall on the sword. We all know that uh, we could benefit from having better receivers. We all know we could benefit from having better offensive linemen. The only one to me that this makes any sense to is uh, was Devontae Adams because you have a contract in place with him. Uh, all these other guys, you got to worry about just doing what we're going through with Brian Burns or whatever. Like, I mean, you can just get this guy in free agency. You know, I mean, are they? They're not going to franchise tag T. Higgins, are they? That would have been wild so. if it would have gotten you know, Devontae I mean, Adams. I think like, that would have been fine. I think there's a, but I've already made my point. I don't really care about this because right now this seems like uh, just doing things to appease the moment mm -hmm. and the people and the thing. And like, I do think it would make the team better. 
Mm-hmm. But right now, I don't really. That's where kind of like the power run game and this kind of like, yeah, I guess you could kind of get a little bit more out of this if you did some did some of that. You get the run game going a little bit more. But that's not who they want to be. And they want to develop this team in a different way. And I don't know if just winning two or three games to make us feel happy is really. But it, the problem is, is going one and 16 is fucking getting uh, everybody fired. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, then it doesn't matter. I guess <laughs> yep. then you should be running power to just try to get three wins so you keep your job. Yep. Stat, All right. stat wants you to upload uh, you doing an honest Frank Crack presser. Oh, I used to do some impressions of some different guy. Not impressions, but yeah, honest Frank Reich. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. oh I'm intrigued. <laughs> honest Frank Reich would probably have to say this is I'm such a, I, you know, I said this, Ricky, at the beginning of the season. I was worried that he was too nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not because I need a grab. You know, I learned from Ron Rivera that yep. being demonstrative on the sideline isn't necessarily a good it. thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, cause he, but it turned out behind the scenes, Ron Rivera's peeling the paint off the walls. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so he yeah. wasn't, uh, there's a bar stool thing going around right now. That's hilarious where they say they're asking, does Ron Rivera talk? <laughs> and cause he never says anything on the right, sideline yeah. at all. And then they asked him at halftime, what did you get? What did you say to the team? He said, I let the players talk. <laughs> they were like, Oh God. <laughs> but I mean, so I don't think just yelling and screaming necessarily means uh-huh. something, but I do think Frank Reich was like, Oh, I like, the, I like David Tepper so much. I like everybody. I love everybody. I, lo- I think that David Tepper likes yes, men. Yeah. Oh, and for sure. There's a lot of people that are saying, like, man, kudos to Frank for shell like shielding his um coaching staff from some of this stuff. It seems like he's kind of taking it on the chin. He's trying to like keep them away from too much criticism and all this kind of stuff. Maybe that could be respected for a portion of time. But I'm gonna tell you now, too, that if you're always the guy that's just taking the fall for somebody else and you're not being accountable and, and being a little bit public with some of that stuff, not Dude, you never want to throw anybody under the bus, player or coaches. You never want to do that. But a little bit of public accountability is not a negative thing. Yeah, in yeah my I could say this offensive line needs to help Bryce more. These they got to do a little bit better. To, yep. Yeah, Bryce needs to be a little bit better. We thought this 100%. was going to go a lot better. We're disappointing 100%. ourselves. We're disappointing everything. Uh, but, you know, I guess. Well, I'll, I'll have to think of that. Honest Frank Wright Presser. Can we take some calls, please? Fine. So I can go to bed at some point. Absolutely. Yeah, do some calls. I want to. I want to hear the calls. I haven't heard that yet, and I got to get out of here in a short little bit. So let's do oh, some calls. So I can be involved. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. The number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Let's hear from Panther. Nation. So, what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty. Sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good. Like and a three and a four and a. The question is, does it work? Hey guys, um, love the show as always. Thank um, you. I don't ever call in much. I called in a few weeks ago and uh, Tony, you had me laughing about Suleiman. And how the only reason that Joker's got his name is because his job is because he's got a great name. Um, I, I, I think that's 
it might be true. Anyway, I, I want to know. There's like, there's four, maybe five teams that just suck for the last 20 years at evaluating talent in the draft. And we're probably just barely above the Raiders. I mean, they, their draft choices are just absolutely a joke. Um, ours aren't much better. How do we fix that going forward? I mean, we're, we're always drafting terrible players. In the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, sometimes the second round. Um, yeah, we hit on the first, but good lord, my dog could pick great draft picks in the first round. Um, how do we change that with changing, you know, the coaching staff, the getting rid of fitter? It, it seems like it's institutional at this point, and I wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Um, Love what you're doing. Keep pounding. Um, love C3. Definitely the best part of Panther season the last six years. Um, love you guys and keep pounding. Thanks a lot for the keep support pounding, and the man. call. Great question. Uh, one that is like an existential question at this point. <laughs> uh, we'll ask Ricky this because it has been something that we've talked about and we've kind of tried to figure out, but an outside opinion would be helpful on this. When do you, when's the timing to change the GM? You know, and CK has brought up a great point on this podcast is it's got to be the most difficult position, not to just get right, but to Mm -hmm. get in time right. Yeah. You know, it's because and I don't think the in-season management is the issue. Right. I mean, I think you can find a way to I mean, fuck, I could have told you I could have cut Throckmorton. I could have just benched him. I could have done some of those things. But how do you get them in in a timing and on a timeline that's going to set them up to make a positive impact sooner than later. And I think the answer to the drafting question is front office, front office, front office. A hundred percent. And the timing of it, you're right. Once you get past the trade deadline, once you get past right around that halfway mark of the regular season, if you're not pushing for contending for a championship and you are all but mathematically eliminated from any kind of postseason, right? At that point, your objective as the GM is essentially done for that season of what you're going to be able to do and what you're going to work towards, especially somebody in Scott Fitterer's position right now who does not have any job security. There is no telling if he's going to be here. I don't think that he has much of a green light from David Tepper to be making any kind of like serious decisions because why would he let him affect anything with this football team if he doesn't feel confident that he's going to bring him back? Um, I'm surprised he hasn't been fired already, to be honest. Man, I I think that, you know, I wrote this in my article. It was rule after the San Francisco game, 35-17, got canned after that. We got the Dallas Cowboys coming in, 49-17 last week. They're going to travel well. They always do. Yeah. They've already got people here. If this is an embarrassing loss, if this is just all bad news bears, after losing to the bad news bears in Chicago with Tyson Bajan, that I just think that that at this point, man, this is the part of the schedule we were supposed to be able to find some wins. If you can't do it here and you're getting these answers and these pressers from your coach, at some point, man, you're going to make a change. And, and mm-hmm. Fitter is probably going to be the first because he's the oldest tenured one in here and his hands are all over the roster and the personnel. And then I think Frank goes after that. Yeah, um, and the new GM could be helpful in – well, I don't know if you would have a GM in place quick enough no, to make the decision and, 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 on and Frank, I don't, right? Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that you can – so that's that's the timing part that gets a little bit murky, right? 
it, you're going to have to hire somebody outside. You're not going to do any kind of internal elevation. The only person would be Adrian Wilson, in my opinion, because he he doesn't have the stench of this regime on him. Yeah, I um, don't want Dan Morgan now. I don't want anything to All do right. with Dan Morgan, man. Like, look, we talk about yes, man. Nobody in the front office has stood up to anybody on anything and and yeah. and put their own personal imprint on some decisions that have been made. And if they have put their personal imprint on the decisions, man, that's not good. <laughs> like that's not that's yeah. not something I want on my resume, you know. Also, so I think the you only do external you can't you can't tell me there's a good reason to put Dan Morgan in charge at all. There's no reason you can give me outside of he it's was a, a good story. It's a right. good story. But right. Frank Reich was a good Frank story. Reich. Bingo. There you you go. know what I mean? Like, we, we need to stop chasing storylines, and we need to start chasing some Super Bowls. That's all I'm saying. Or uh, oh, some wins. Uh, let's take another call before Ricky's got to go. Hey, guys. It's Jacoby from Greensboro. I uh, called a few weeks back for the first time, and um, I, was a guy, I, I think I said uh, I would rather see Bryce Young sit. And I, I think I stand by that. He looks like he's just getting – beaten up and it's taking that toll on his confidence. Like he looks like he has happy feet and he's throwing the ball too soon or too late and just didn't look comfortable at all. I think at this point it's making him regress in his development. But uh even beyond that, I know there's been talk about benching him and how that's gonna work with his confidence and, you know, firing our head coach and, you know, if we got into head coaches it wouldn't be, you know, people that drafted him and everything. But I don't know, part of me thinks, what about Avera? I mean, I know he was talked about as being a future head coach. He seems to be our most productive coach other than special teams. And I know he's not exactly – we don't have the best defense, but he's doing okay with the pieces he has. And certainly Frank Wright's not doing a darn thing. So I wonder if we can kind of keep that cohesiveness, you know, with Avero being there, just being promoted, and maybe even Dan Morgan getting rid of Sitter and being promoted – instead of hiring out and maybe that'll work but well we won't address that one because we just hit that one anyway this team is really Uh, to watch uh love listening to you guys ricky we'll ask you this and i know you got to go so you can leave on this note then okay um your thoughts on bryce young start um potentially sitting for a little while yeah i understand the thought process behind it and it's not that i would I don't worry about his confidence in that aspect of being benched because I think that it would be very clear he's not being benched. He's being sat for the sake of protection, if, if you will, man. Like My concern with it is that I still think that you learn more right now playing and calibrating the speed of NFL defenses and the looks that you're going to actually see on the field than you're going to learn from watching Andy Dalton execute this offense. Maybe if this was a different situation where we had a different – system in place and it was the system that he was going to be operating maybe there's a benefit of sitting and watching that I don't get the feeling that Andy Dalton coming in for the next seven games is going to give Bryce a whole ton of learning experience for something that will actually be important to him next season and if he's watching this I I just think that the speed of the defense and all of that is all he needs to get figured out right now I think he's just got to work on that get comfortable out there on the field Watching Andy Dalton play in Frank Reich's system is not going to happen. That's not. It's just not going to benefit him, I don't think. Wonderful stuff, Ricky. You've been so generous with your time. Please tell our listeners how, and they love you, by the way. Every time you come on the show, they're messaging uh, in the comments how much they like your perspective. 
particularly because you're even keel and we're usually off the rails. Uh, Ricky, tell them how they can find your work and listen to more of your takes on your own podcast. Yeah, I uh, contribute for Cat Crave, um, Cat Crave blog. <laughs> and I just had a article posted today that kind of recaps the timeline under David Tepper and, and Scott Fitterer and, and all of the front office and personnel decisions that have been made. And it got us to this point And where do we go from here? Um, that was a fun one for me. So if you have any interest in kind of seeing the big picture laid out, that's a fun one to read. Um, Kitty Lit Podcast will have episodes coming out on Thursdays and Fridays. Um, we my my co-host has a baby on the way, so we're having to cut it from two days a week to one. Life happens, and that's a better thing than doing podcasts. So we're gonna let that kind of work itself out. Um, and then on Twitter, man, come and follow me at Ricky Bobody. You'll see the sign behind me, but it's R-I-C-K-Y-B-O-B-O-D-D-Y fantastic stuff thank you again ricky and we'll be in touch appreciate having me on guys yeah all right let's keep pounding with these calls padwan panthers hey guys this is panther pickle um i'm walking outside so if the wind's a little bit excuse me um i just wanted to say that i think this majority of the issue is actually thomas brown um thomas brown came from deshaun mcveigh which he wasn't an offensive coordinator. He was their running backs coach slash tight end coach. And um, he was a running backs coach. In the middle of last year, they put him off the tight ends and back to the running backs. And then the very next year, we and then later that year, we basically hired him as offensive coordinator. And when if you look back and remember, when Frank Wright and the rest of the staff were in uh, the combine, um, uh, Thomas Brown was back at the stadium making the playbook and figuring out the offensive scheme, which he'd never had experience doing before. So um, then you look at what we're running now or what we're supposed to be running, nobody knows. Um, also, Daniel Jeremiah posted on Twitter that um, a lot of it is the fact that, that uh, Bryce uh, yes, we need improvements on everything, but Bryce is waiting for them college windows to open instead of taking a pro window. And Kurt Warner even responded and said yes, and uh, that's causing him to be late on his technique when he throws the ball. So some of this stuff is just basically poor coaching and positional coaches and offensive coordinator coaches to us. Also remember, his QB coach uh, has never been a coach at any level uh, until this year. So, you know, when you put together a staff with no experience, you know, that's kind of the way you dial things up. So, uh, good luck to us all. With a Keep ton of experience. Anyway. Well, we thought we were putting together a dream staff. We did have uh, some experience at the top end, but I think yeah. from a, um, from like, like Thomas Brown not having experience being an offensive coordinator. Well, nobody's got experience until they've got experience, right? So I don't think I don't think experience is is, is the the catalyst here. I think it ultimately boils down to to for whatever reason they're like we talked about. They're trying to fit a, a, a you know a square peg into a round hole. I think that's the ultimate uh, problem that we have right now. All right, let's yep. go to Anthony. Hey, real quick, shout out to Will Horsley. Oh, nice. Who just gifted 10 memberships to the C3 fam, mm. bro, Will Horsley. 
You are a legend. We appreciate you, brother, man. Thank you so much. Uh, let's go to Anthony and Charlotte. What's up, C3? It's Anthony from Charlotte. Uh, quick part two here because I, oh, I got more. Part to say. two. Hold on, let me get your part one. Where is where did you call in earlier? All right, well here, this is what I get for trying to do calls randomly. Um, let's see who this is. Is this? Yeah. Yeah, hello. This is Country Panther calling again from the Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh, just calling. Uh, just bear with me because I I seen a tweet and I wanted to read it to you. Um, it says from. I can't pronounce that guy's name. Somebody's report, it seems like Scott Fitter is gone. It's just a matter of time. I'm not sure if Frank Wright lasts either unless they turn things around. Ben Johnson becomes available in the offseason. I have a hard time believing David Tapper sits oddly by. So, I mean, it sounds like Scott Fitter is gone. And honestly, you know, I heard a caller call, called in and said, you know, some of y'all – if you so smart, you'd be a GM in the NFL. Well, I need an application for it. I mean, I swear. Yeah. Like, what could I do any worse than Scott Fitter? I mean, honestly, tell me. You know, I mean, yeah, he traded for the number one pick. But uh, it doesn't look like that's panning out very well. Okay? You know, then we got uh, all of these free agent signings. I mean, none of them panned out very well. None of his draft picks did. Absolutely. Damn, none of them. So uh, I don't know how I could do any worse than Scott Federer. I mean, it's only up from here. You know, whoever we get as a general manager, it's got to be better. I don't don't see it being worse. I just really don't. I mean, they're probably in about the worst situation that you could ask for. So, um, yeah, I'm just – I'm going to put in my application – and uh, just, you know, see if I get me an interview and, and see where it goes. But uh, I, I have no doubt in my mind that I could do a better job than what Scott Fitterer has done to this point. As most of Panther Nation could probably have done a better job, honestly. So I don't feel you can do any worse. All right. I hear you. You yeah, have my vote of confidence in, in, in your abilities, man. I, uh, yeah. I really do think it's it's really hard to miss this many draft picks. At, yeah. at any you know you could you could probably just point to the draft board and hit hit some some you know star players more than we've seen uh, Scott Fitterer hit them. All right, next call. What's going on? Is Rude Life Master from the Rude Life Master Show and the Handicapper Chill Podcast? Hey, Rude Life, what's up, Anybody from the anybody from this podcast is welcome to pull up. Listen, I watched the game last night, you know, the Carolina Panthers versus the Bears, and um, it's not Bryce Young's fault. It's not. Look, Bryce Young did what he was supposed to do. He 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 got the tape to show that he's a good quarterback, which he is. All right, it, it, it's the it's the it's the team, it's the organization, bro. We have no wide receivers. Our defense is trash. Like it, it's it's the it's the organization. David Tepper has not put Bryson into the scenario <coughs> for him to succeed. He's not going to succeed like this. I don't even know who our wide receivers are. Okay? I don't even know who our wide receivers are. We have no running game. We need a, we need, we need a culture. 
when Cam Newton was here, we had a culture. It was fun. We need a, we need a, we need a running game to help Bryce Young. We need wide receivers to help Bryce Young. It's not Bryce Young's fault, people. Y'all mad because we spent the first round draft pick and we got rid of DJ Moore for Bryce Young. Okay? That's what's supposed to happen. We need a quarterback. It's not Bryce Young. You got to play David Tepper in the office because David Tepper and them spent so much on that coaching staff and he went to the flea mart for the wide receivers and the rest of the team. So stop blaming Bryce Young because now I'm a Bryce Young fan because he's got to make shit work on the toilet, okay? He's got to make shit work on the toilet. So now I'm a Bryce Young fan. I've never even heard Bryce that phrase fan now because it's not his fault. The Panthers is just trash. I love the Panthers. I'm always be a Panther fan, but we trash and we ass. Jeez. Please, um, shout out to NASA. He I does you, not man. know the wide receivers, and neither does Prize Picks. Don't forget <laughs> the C3 Panthers podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks, the number one place to play daily fantasy football. Um, you can put your football knowledge to work and make money by identifying players uh, and their projections and then forming an entry of two or more players. Uh, and correctly identifying if they do more or less than their fantasy football projection. The more entries that you get right, the more money you pay out. I tried to go big time in the last uh, last week, and it did not work out for me, fellas. I went $20 on a sixer. One, two, three, four, five, six. And boy, Cody said, don't do it with Lamar. He didn't get it. But that wasn't my problem. That wasn't my problem. This is what really got me, bro. This Hayden Hurst. Come on. We had nobody. We didn't have anybody. We didn't have anybody. The our uh, DJ Chark, who sucked all year anyway, wasn't even playing. It was Hayden Hurst's time. He got two passes at the very end of the game. This number went to 15 at one point. And I thought, oh, wow. And then they readjusted the game book and it went to 14 afterwards. Miles Sanders with a negative five. Guys, we've got to do better. Don't forget, if you go to prize picks, you use the promo code C3, you get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. You can play NFL, NBA, uh, college football is fun. UFC. Video, dude, they have video games. They have CSGO. They have literally any and every sport you can imagine, man. And tell me what I found. The, if you're gonna do like a like a four, uh, like four entries uh, or four players on twenty bucks, dude, those flex plays. That's yeah. the way they go. Flex are man. great, but if you do five or six, they automatically give you a flex option. So there's like it's a forge flex. But I didn't even get to the three that you had to get or the four. Yeah. All right, Miles Sanders. Negative five yards. And I don't even think that was even on Miles. They didn't even call his number. I at one point asked if he was even playing. Um, all right. So the Panthers don't have a lot of projections this week. It is earlier. They may add some people, but right now, prize picks probably doesn't care about Carolina, just like most people, other than the hardcores like us on the C3 Panthers podcast and the listeners on iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, those people in the YouTube chat, 
uh, and those C3 super fans. Um, Adam Thielen has been consistently hitting his mark until the last two weeks. Bryce has struggled. Bryce has had some turnovers. Things haven't worked. Two weeks ago, they didn't look for him. Last week, he had his first drop of the season, I think. Um, do you see things changing with this relationship this week against the Dallas Cowboys? Mm, they got okay. Stefan Gilmore. And no, they've they, got, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was thinking about uh and they got Diggs. Uh, what is he not there? Is he no, not out for the Diggs season? Is not, yeah, Diggs is out for the season. Oh, just after they paid him. Oh yeah, yeah. He was out like after like two games, I think. Uh any confidence that Bryce can get more than 210 yards this week? I don't. No, man, not- dude. Michael Parsons <laughs> is going up against Icky Quanu. So, I hate to no, say it, I'm- like I I really don't. I don't see um I really don't see a path to him making that honestly, he might not even make it to the first through the first half with the way that their pass rush is able to get to the quarterback. All right. Well then let's look around real quick and see if we can find anything and then move back to the calls. Uh, Joe Mixon, 21 and a half receiving yards. Ooh, that's re- we're in receiving yards. Let's look at passing yards. Burrow 258. Oh, this is a Thursday night game. Great game. Baltimore, Cincinnati. Baltimore is going to be pissed, but they're on the road. I think. Um, or at least they were at home last week, and they blew it. They freaking blew it. What did I tell you guys about Keaton Mitchell? Man's a star. Every time he touches the ball, he gets 14 yards and a touchdown. Star. Got the most broken tackle percentage in the NFL. He's even hurt in doing this, dude. You haven't even seen how fast this mug is. Um, I don't think Jared Goff has to put up 270 to beat the Bears. Uh, Fields will be back uh, for this one. So, I mean, there's a lot of ground game. Run the clock down. 270 is a lot of yards. Yeah. I don't like it. Oh, man. He's been kissing it. Ugh. Chargers, Vegas. Is it? T- Gosh, actually, you don't want to mess with that. Oh, uh, Not- people are saying anything with uh, Travis Kelsey because they're playing the Eagles. He's going up against his brother, and Taylor Swift is going to uh, be there. Okay. Uh, Brock Purdy in Tampa Bay, Zach Wilt. Gosh, these are so hard. Hey, what's Stroud? Like no, no, Hurts. hold on. No, hold on. What's Stroud? What's Stroud? What's Stroud? Oh, God. Uh, 254. Who's he playing? Arizona. Fuck yeah. I take that shit all day, bro. Yeah, but he has, like, do they yeah, have but to? he's on a I roll, don't think man. They, like, they now, up, he's, now he's doing oh, they things, got, man. They got Kyler Murray. Mm, Dude, okay. that Ravens team, man. Hey, no, just, Kyler hey, Murray's you, back hey, now. Don't let, don't let me push you into something you don't want to do. I'm just saying, bro. To me, that's the one. I, I, like, I, uh, I, I like that. I like Hurts. And I'll come in off a bye. And we'll get one more in here. Two more. Let's see. Rushing yards. Pollard against the Panthers. Oh, man, that might. That's the one, dude. That might be. I like that. I like that. Um, and ooh, Keaton Mitchell, thirty-four yards. Oh yeah, your boy even texted you about him. Your boy's. You know I'm doing it. I'm doing out, more, 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 more. Now, guys, what you can do here is you can play the power play here. Four correct gives you ten times, or you can play. The flex play, four correct gives you five times, three correct gives you one and a half times. We're going flex this week. I've had some tough love lately. 
We're going to go 20 on this. And, guys, if you want in and on this daily fantasy football sports and real, win real money, go to Prize Picks. Use the promo code C3. They will match your first deposit up to $100. Might want to stay away from the Panthers. They have taken us down some dark roads when it comes to um, prize picks. Guys, you ready to take another call? Let's do it. All right. Yeah, it's ruled like Panther. Oh, he's got you short, know, short edition. And if I'm right, Sean, I'm not dying for this team. I'm letting you know. All right. <laughs> We're going to try to take one call. Thanks, Rude. Yeah, we got you. Let's see. Here, here, check this one out. This fucking team. <laughs> This fucking Eyes franchise, on. this fucking front office, these fucking guys, bro. You know, I'm not even fucking mad. I'm just disappointed. It just seems like we keep going backwards. And I, I'm i just fucking tired of it, bro. Like, I know we come on here, everybody cries. It seems like we fucking cry and bitch every fucking week. We had, like, one good week where we still managed to fucking cry about something. But fucking hey, boys. Something's got to give. You know, I saw that they were trying to march on Mint Street or whatever, go in front of the stadium, you know, show the team, everybody, how fucking disgruntled we are. Then it got postponed. Here's a big flex. Put that shit for Sunday. Let that fucking place get packed with fucking cowboy fans and all the Panther <laughs> fans. Just stay the fuck outside, get drunk and fucking rowdy, and show fucking pepper. And all these other fucking jerk-offs that were fucking sick of it, bro. It's not a we're bad sick idea. of this penny tension fucking stupid shit. All right? Fuck me, man. <laughs> all right, boys. I gotta go to the fucking gym. I fucking started a fucking yoga class. Oh, this fucking... My man is hard. He's he said, I started a fucking yoga class. <laughs> all right, uh, let's shut up, man. What's up, D3? It's Anthony from Charlotte calling in about around noon. Hope y'all boys are having a good Tuesday. Um, well, man. Wanted to get my thoughts on the state of the Panthers right now. Yeah, it's not looking good. Um, officially, the worst record in the league. Uh, the Cowboys, they're going to come in and kick our ass. Kind of like the 49ers game. We just don't have the, the personnel to keep up with them. We don't even have the offense to really score other defense at all. Dak Prescott's been on fire, and he's going to continue that streak. Or he may not even have to. He may just hand the ball off to Pollard 25 times, and that could get the job done for them. Um, yeah, man, it sucks. It really does. Um, listen, I'm not caping for anyone, but uh, Frank Reich and Scott Fitter, you guys better be gone by the end of the season. If, if, if you guys are kept around, it I, I, I can just say that Tepper is the most unserious owner in the NFL, and I will not be tuning into the season next year. I will be tuning into C3. I will be doing the film reviews when I can. I will be doing spaces. I will be on the Friday free balls, and I will always be available if you guys need someone in the fill in for the Tuesday show because I'm a C3 Panthers fan. I'm not really a Panthers fan at this point until my fandom has to be redeemed. This team is just, I can't put faith in them anymore. Obviously, I'm always going to love the Panthers, but I can't take them as seriously as I used to because of just how down bad we are. When you look at Frank Reich in the press conference, he looks like a deadbeat man walking. Like, he looks like I said it last week after the Bears game 
or I think it was before the Bears game, he is going to end up stocking shelves uh, as a part-time employee during Christmas at a supermarket, stealing some vodka, just like Bad Santa did, because he is Bad Santa. He's going to ruin our Christmas. He and I just don't like this Santa. coaching staff. We were sold a bunch of bullshit. And it, I think to the point of like the whole Bryce Young thing, he just isn't set up with his success with his coaching staff. They're just trying to turn him into a checked-out robot. And I was going back, and I looked at some of the Alabama film, and I know it's college, but – there's no R. We thought this was going to be an RPO offense, and it's like, dude, how can you run an RPO offense when you're not even attempting to run the ball? Like, it's just inflammatory. It's just insane. These guys better not survive the season, or I can't tune in seriously. I'm done listening to Scott Fitter's bullshit lies. And, and Frank Reich in the press conference said, we're not trying to be a smash mouth, smash mouth football team. Yeah, thanks for taking the identity away from our offense last year, asshole. The offensive line isn't good at pass protecting. How do we know this, but you don't? Give me your thoughts. Anthony from Charlotte. All right. Um, You know what I would say is, look, is Anthony, I know uh, it is difficult uh, to get excited about this team, to stay invested when things are down like this. But you are the type of football fan that can do it. You are that type of person that can weather these storms. Um, And we're going to need you to do that, not only for our podcast in support of that, but the Panthers uh, fan base is going to have to get through this, particularly if this isn't going to get turned around quickly. So what I would say is this is try to remind yourself, number one, that part of this is our own fault for inflating expectations at every level. And you know what? That's what you're supposed to do in May, June, July. You know, like, I mean, we got hype. Every single person got hype about the coaching staff. Even if they didn't like it at first, they found a million reasons to say why it was going to be some. And I'm at the front of that line. I'm at the very front of this line that just said that the experience on this coaching staff means that it's going to be an improvement. And it wasn't right. I mean, and that, that sucked. That hurt. We got a number. We, we were all excited when we traded up for Bryce Young. I don't, I know there's a few people that said, man, we paid too much. We did this and that, but you know what? There was still a level of excitement about getting the number one pick. And, yeah, there was a little debate about between who that should be, but we were still excited about it. Well, guess what? The number one pick and the quarterback didn't equal the success that we had hoped for right away out the gate. There have been injuries. There have been problems. But, man, you have to try to remember that part of this is on us. Not on us, but, I mean, like, just getting so excited that that makes the heart hurt a little bit more. So now what we got to double down on is we double down on our commitment. We double down on our film study. We double down on scouting for the future. And we do it again. We do it all over again. It seems like we're always just starting over and doing it again. It does. It does. But you know what? That's what we're in for right now is right now we're in for. And really what we need to be doing is hoping that we get the GM and the order of events right this time. 
you get the GM and the timing that CK has talked about is so important. You then get, if you move on from Frank, Wright, Which you will, if it's now, if it's late, if it's this, you know, it's at the, that you get that is in sync with the GM and at the right and the timing is good and not emotional. See the whole thing. And, and this is the sad part about this guys, because it's been so bad is that Panthers have been a little rash in their decisions. You know, it's like, Oh my God. And you remember, I mean like, Holy shit, we started out three and Oh, we're going to fucking win a super bowl with Sam Darnold. We got to go trade. We got to go do that. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, they are even more excited than we are. And we thought this time was going to be the time that they did kind of stable moves. And we just need to hope that when they do their next moves, they're calculated, they're well thought out and they're right. Yeah. Um, let's go to the next call. Podcast brothers. How y'all doing? G Cavassier. Well, hey, G- man, our season is not doing good. And I want you guys' opinion on this. Play a game called What If. I haven't, I haven't played. You ain't played that game in months. Okay. What if your Y'all aunt had nuts? On the news, Buffalo Bills fired Ken Dorsey as their offensive coordinator. Let's just say that the Bills don't make the playoffs and the Bills let go with their head coach, Sean McDermott. Y'all remember that motherfucker, man. Let me ask y'all a question. If you were the owner and you get rid of Frank after the season, which hopefully I, I hope that we do, would you hire Sean as the head coach or the damn defensive coordinator? Mm, I was thinking about that shit when I saw that shit. Y'all came on my mind when I saw that shit. Would you want Sean back in Carolina? I would. I really would. I love him as a defensive coordinator. I swear, man, he had F four three fucking knocking. So give me your thoughts on that, y'all. <laughs> and don't kill me on this. It's just, it's just a what if game. Oh, I hear you, um, man. Um, I don't know. How about this? The Panthers have never had a better defense than under Sean McDermott. I'm a I'm a believer in that. Well, I mean, not- maybe if you want to go some of the older teams or whatever but there were what, three what, there's been three great defenses in the panthers history um two of them were under mcdermott yeah yeah um i wouldn't mind it if, again i still even though it went so badly with frank i still would prefer an offensive minded coach to be able to pair with the quarterback but dude beggars can't be choosers at this point man but yeah if they don't Figure it out this year. It feels like they're probably going to fire McDermott. That's wild. Um, I don't know what to do, G. You know, I went, oh, I want experience. I want offense. I want the, I have no effing clue what works. Not, not even a, a little bit. That sucks. Um, um, you know who I want? Kyle Shanahan. That's who I fucking want. I do have a clip. <laughs> Uh, it's a minute and 14 seconds from uh, Diana Rossini on a podcast uh, talking about coaching changes for the Panthers. Uh, you want to hear it or you want to do more calls? No, nah, I think we'll get dinged, right? Okay. Um, let's go to Chase from Anderson. What's up, guys? It's Chase from Anderson. Well, it's uh, trying to change things up. 
I had an idea. Just uh, everybody just having the same old talking points about the Panthers sucking ass and who to blame or what to blame. I had an idea of some new segments uh, for us listeners to get to know the four comrades of the C3 podcast. Hmm. Having a segment each week uh, of you guys take a turn telling your story like about who you are, you know, what's, what's your story, you know, for, for us listeners to get to know you guys. Hmm. I think that'd be a pretty neat idea. Let's see what y'all think about that. Hmm. And, uh, Make sure it includes the social security number and your mother's name. <laughs> and your first car and you your gotta favorite do. pet. Favorite holiday. You know what is the favorite holiday is bullshit. That's a terrible question for security questions. Because if you answer it honestly, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a certain holiday. Well, I'm not going to say it because then I would give away my question. Uh, <laughs> yo 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 what's up it's jj calling in real quick and what up, uh, JJ? with that whole y'all were saying something about uh, a sponsorship letting y'all go or something like that on some bullshit and or or, or whatever like that um i uh anyways the the whole thing i'm getting at is i remember um I wanted to give you all some advice about the super chat. Um, or I guess something I just heard from another streamer while watching their live stream when they said they were able to like link their, uh, PayPal to their account or whatever. Uh, and they were able to get like a hundred percent of their super chats or whatever. Like, so basically what happened was someone the guy, the streamer asked his other streamer friend how he did that, and then he explained that he he was basically telling me, the audience, like, oh yeah, so I can get a hundred percent of the super chats or whatever. So I, I can't promise that or anything like that, but I will say y'all should look into that, considering y'all y'all got your um your sponsorship revoked or whatever like that. Um, especially because like, uh, you know, it's just worth it. Y'all are such a great podcast y'all deserve that so whatever you should look into that i just wanted to put that out there in case y'all didn't know uh cool. it would be unfortunate if that wasn't true but no i think um, i can no i just heard that one time from another on. streamer and i figured i was like wait a second yeah i should probably like let y'all know about it that'd be some good some good shit for y'all you know so i uh that'd be unfortunate like i said if it wasn't true but hey if it is that's what's up, and uh, I'd be glad I put y'all on. But I do also want to mention um, a quick ice up to Tony Dunn because he he said in the off season he made fun of me for saying something like the Hornets making decisions in win now mode, and then he was like, "Could you imagine us doing a Hornets podcast?" I mean, like, you basically are Tony. It's just football, you know. Like, um, and making moves me. as if they're in win now mode when they're clearly not good enough. I mean, like, yeah, sounds the same to me. Yeah, no, I just thought that was funny. Uh, shout out, y'all. Peace out. Peace out, man. Appreciate you, JJ. You're, uh, you're gonna get, um, uh, an applause for that because you're right. <laughs> Is, uh, the irony of us, um, trying to talk down to any other sports team right now. 
is uh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, that one came back. Maybe it's my fault. I think, JJ, probably what they're doing is this, is giving uh, the link to their PayPal or their Cash App um, on the screen right. or in the show description, which is something <clears throat> that we do have, guys, if you guys want to donate to the show in that manner. I think this is, I think, look, is uh, Google takes 40% of the Super Chats. I mean, that's what they do. Um, but I do think this is we look again. We don't want to over ask for people's donations. You know what I'm saying is that right. we used to say we would never ask, but we we appreciate the support. We're not going to uh, shy away from saying they do help and uh, we appreciate them when they come in. I think that there is, um, you know, I mean, there's been other methods that you could do. Like we could not do the Google version of the subscription. We could do it through Patreon. We could I, one thing I like is just the, and I think people like when they do the super chat is that it's displayed in Google in the show and yeah. it makes, and it's part of the community. So look, uh, the, those opportunities every now and then we'll get one. Uh, but look here, there's ways to donate um, in the show description, uh, cash app, PayPal, um, super chats, C3 super fan, uh, but what you really do is you're doing it right now by hanging out with us. Smash the thumbs up button, subscribe, check us out on iTunes, tune in uh, wherever you get your audio podcast. Tell some people about us. A lot of times you run into Panthers uh, fans that just have never uh, thought to, I guess, either look up Panther podcast or they just don't know about us. So those are all ways you can support. Um, and again, we're going to have to lock arms because uh, Anthony, like you said, it's going to be tougher, man. Um, and we're going to have to, we're going to keep doing this. And it's a lot easier when you guys rock with us. It's a lot easier on us uh, when we get these calls after call. Um, and that's interesting. So let's go to the next call. And that's a great way to support us. I mean, I think, I think the, the amount and volume of calls when we get in the off season, that's it. You know, when you really want to give us your support in May, April, when the numbers dip. We would appreciate you coming, checking us out, uh, and hanging with us then. And I know a lot of you already do. Gentlemen, we're at the midway point of the season. On the September 5th, 2023 show, I asked each of you, how many wins and losses are the Carolina Panthers going to have this season? So we're at the midway point, and on September 5th, Tony Dunn stated Panthers would go 8-9, and nine, Cody Lashley 9-8, and eight, CK, Ten and seven, and the fat daddy. Ten and seven. Oh, well, gentlemen, but how could you have out. gotten this so wrong? What were you guys thinking? <laughs> I mean, what did you That's miss? Gonna, and how could you look at this roster and think that this is a ten-win team oh, or a nine-win team or eight-win team? So, guys, tell me. Uh, what are you going to do is to better improve your skills at evaluating uh, talent, players, coaches? Because I think for this one, I think that you guys were on the fairy tale gravy train land, true, true. thinking that a good coaching staff is going to make up for lack of talent on a well, roster. We thought we had a good coaching staff. Turns uh, out, what we are your don't. thoughts? Bye bye. Oh man! Um, he, and you know, every once in a while, he'll pop into the chat and he will post our numbers to make sure that we don't forget. Oh, I I didn't forget. I haven't forgotten, yeah. but I love uh first I like the date time stamp on that and the precision of that because that's important. So first, thank you for that. Um 
Look, is that uh, I got it wrong, dude. I got so many things wrong. First, here, this is what I actually would say in response to the call. I didn't think the roster was fantastic. I just thought we would get a little bit more out of it. Right. Um, and I was trying and I was being optimistic in that the idea that I was buying into the Bryce development hype and this and that. I just thought it was gonna go different. I thought that the coaching staff would push us in a positive direction rather than impede us from getting there. Uh, I also um, didn't think that these free agent acquisitions at the time are that bad. I thought Miles Sanders was going to be pretty good. I thought we were going to be feeding Miles Sanders a lot. We haven't because he stinks or everybody stinks. I thought Hayden Hurst would get more than one catch every five weeks. Right. Um, I thought he would just be a blanket that, that a safety blanket for Bryce Young. And the guy I was most wrong on, DJ Chark. He's non-existent. He doesn't even he, – he is about as good as J.C. Horn. And he's hurt just as much in a way. It's just not as significant. Right. I was wrong, man. I was wrong on every single thing. I thought Bryce would be further along. And now, look, people are going to say, oh, it's not his fault. I don't care. I mean, I just thought he would be I mean, a little bit. Again, to the point is we thought he would elevate things based on everything that we were told about him, right? Um, nobody predicted this. So, I mean, I can't I can't put the everything on that. Our offensive line, we felt like, had been uh, fixed based on the performance it had last year. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly... Uh, I'm not, I'm not overly critical of our talent evaluation. I think what's more important is the uh, the coaching evaluation. I think that is more. A, I think our, our our I guess our rose colored glasses regarding the the coaching is probably where I would criticize us most. Totally. No, I mean that is it from the get go. But at the same time, and we could call them rose colored glasses, CK. But the fact that you're worse than Matt Rule and his oh, yeah. staff is fucking nobody a thought that it was nobody thought it was possible for us to feel the worse team than what we did under Matt Rule. This There's is the no absolute way. the only thing that could have gone worse is Bryce Young being seriously injured so far. Like there's actually not a single thing that we thought could possibly be good that has happened. Like, yeah. name me one thing that you thought was going to be a good part of this team or a whatever. I don't think anything good Miles has Sanders come and Hayden Hurst. We, I mean, no, we you had, can't. They we, that didn't work. But that that's what we're saying. No, it didn't work. We had high expectations that it was going to work, uh, and it never did. This is good. Uh, Kev says Adam Thielen. Adam, I think, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, he, really, he's the only one. Um, uh, Aiden, Aiden's been asking us this in the chat. Uh, do we think Tepper would move the team uh, before he would sell it? Um, I don't necessarily know that there's somewhere more lucrative for David Tepper to move the team that would also give him all the things that he's gonna want. Um, I don't, I, I don't think he's going anywhere, and he's, I think he's learning the hard way that he's. He's down for the long haul with this. 
Uh, he made a, a very large investment for the Panthers. And by the way, he's still making money hand over fist. That stadium is going to be sold out on Sunday. And it's not even going to be Panther fans in the damn thing. But it doesn't matter because uh, the money is still the same color. You know? So. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if uh, the draw of moving teams to bigger markets necessarily pays off like it used to now in the internet age and the. You know, I don't know if like putting this in Austin brings you that much more revenue. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe you sell. Maybe you can sell more T-shirts or something like that. But and they're not bigger. Are they bigger markets than Charlotte? I know Charlotte and the like specifically Charlotte is the fastest growing city in the southeast. Yeah, I don't know. Is and it's just. That's a great is an interesting question that I hope we never have to talk about, because I tell you this, that'll be the day that I shut down the podcast. Yeah, that would that'll be the day that I'm not I'm not a diehard Panther fan anymore. I won't cheer for them. If they're going to give me an out of being able to root for another team, like I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the time that you get to pick Uh, who's hot at the moment. All right. He'll be the most hated man forever. Yeah. Hey guys, it's the girl that makes them how, aka Joey the Blind Panther. Guys, it is it is crazy because I never agree. With, I never liked the idea of being the team that never gives a head coach a chance because that means no head coach is going to want to come here. Because, you know, a head coach is going to be thinking, well, if I can't, if I can't make chicken salad with, you know, infected chicken shit, then I'm going to be fired. So why would I go there? Well, you know, and I think this season has been so bad and the expectations were so high. I think it has to be a conversation. Yeah, I never thought we would be at this point. Although I don't think it's going to happen because I I I don't think that um I don't think that Frank Reich is going to get fired because I mean why? Give us one reason. NFL wisdom will tell you. You don't want and done your coach. You know, that that's not something that is a good idea. I know the Cardinals did it with Steve Wilkes, but oh, look where the Cardinals are. Yeah, they beat the Falcons, but the those are the damn it. Atlanta Falcon. They're tied with us for worst team in the league right now. Okay? They want and done their coach. And Steve Wilkes. Okay? So... I think, and if we, and if we do, the only solace I could take in the fact that if we do that is if we fire Frank Reich, and that probably means Scott Fitter is gone too. I think you got to do it because in the I don't order. think Tepper is going to keep Fitter because he knows we've been calling for his head, and he knows we're the ones that buy the tickets, and we're the ones that um, we're the ones that um up his fortune so where he, he thinks he can call us basement dwelling losers but you know we should have marched on mint street but that's a crazy uh situation to be in right now 
especially where we were this off season, and also the Browns. Okay, the owners of the Browns were rookies at one point, and they did this dumb shit for God, I don't know how long. I think that was. They're they're still doing. Dumb I might have been old enough to drink before the Browns actually were good. And better than you know. So it's it's gonna be a long. Uh, look, I'm only I'm, I'm I've had a long day, so guys, I'm gonna just play your growl, and uh, we'll talk about your call. I'm not gonna play the other two calls. Sorry, Joey, I love you. My wife's out of town. Um, been trucking three kids around all afternoon to dance classes out the wazoo. Let me see if I can fast forward here. People wonder where G Baby is in the in the cat <laughs> crazy. And this is the end of his. But, well, of course I thought of it. So probably. Oh, I'm giving him his room. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. Um, I think this is, I really agree with you so much at the heart of just like maybe firing. It could be too rash, you know, at, but. I felt that way, and I was taking a bold step last week. After this past game, I just don't – right now I don't see a world at this point where Frank Wright can survive it, even if it was the right move, even if it was somehow in the future it's going to work out and whatever. I just don't think of – the only reason you can give is that you shouldn't do it, <laughs> I guess, because I don't know. I don't I don't know a single reason right now. Things have been and I know. Look, this is the old Ron Rivera adage. The game's come down to two or three plays, two or three plays different. Each and each one of these games or maybe four out of the eight games make this a four and eight team a four and four team rather than a one and eight or we would be four and five. Right. Rather than a four. But that didn't happen. Um, Right now, I just don't know. The only thing I would say is uh, to me, in my opinion, of how a argument for Trot and Frank Reich out there again next year would be let the new GM come in and decide if he wants to do it now or get a year under his belt to prepare the pathway for his next coach to give that coach a better shot at success rather than asking him to make chicken salad out of infected chicken shit, <laughs> as Joey said, right? It's like, I mean, he could enter the season with the plan that, hey, Frank Reich is done even if he wins eight games this year. Like, the only thing that can keep him – look, they fired Marty Schottenheimer back in the day. He went 14-2, and two, bro. I mean <laughs> – it feels, it, 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 it feels inevitable now. And I think that it feels like if we have a bad, bad outing against Dallas, which I kind of think we're all expecting to happen, that we could see something happen to Fitterer or maybe even Frank Wright. Yeah. I think that sadly, I mean, it's, this is the type of game that like Dallas fucks up. Like I the mean, NFL always has some stupid game that happens where it's like not supposed to happen in any realistic world except right. for on Sunday. 
So that's like the only hope is the Panthers are just hoping for to be the crapshoot of all of it. Um, what do you guys think about the march? Here's the thing is, you know what, is they were talking about needing, uh, and I don't want to put um, the needing a permit. You wouldn't need a permit on a game day. You just get to blend in as Panthers. Yeah, but then that wouldn't be as effective. <laughs> like you just be, you'd be fans and yeah. like, <laughs> saying just what disgruntled fans. Do you really need a permit for that? That's kind of BS. yeah. You do have to have for any publicly or like any organized, but it shouldn't be too hard to obtain. I mean, as a public yeah. demonstration, they, you have they the right. They're gonna. They, uh, they said they're gonna try to reschedule it, but here's my deal. What are you doing it for? Like we know Panther fans are pissed off, but. Normally, if you're protesting any real-life issue, you're doing it with the goal in mind. Is the goal to get Federer fired? Is it to get Frank Reich fired? To expect, uh, exp- uh, Is it speed to up the timeline? To sell the team? Like, to, are nah, you I telling, think it's firing the coaching staff. The to, but, but again, that's not... That's going to happen. You don't have to march for that to happen. Yeah, that's what, that, that's what I'm saying. And like, what, what, what just go what, to the, what, just what watch changes? Dallas destroy them on Sunday and then, yeah, hey, like, no need. I mean, march it's, canceled. It's, it's basically just to get Panther fans and PR and stand in the streets and chant, keep, keep pounding for a few hours. Like, I understand the sentiment, but I don't see what change it leads to. I just, I'm not going out there. But I also right. live four hours away. I wouldn't I mean, go dude, out I there live anyway. right next to it, and I'm not going out I there. I mean, and I think, you know, God bless them for trying to organize whatever they want to organize. I'm sure they have their own goals in mind. Um, yeah, I just have questions. That's all. I'm not trying to. I don't think you have to march. At the, I mean, you know what? March. Who? Can, I think this. It's pretty apparent that everybody is fucking pissed off about everything. Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, we're fight with each other. We're devouring our own. We're questioning everything. Like, is don't worry. Everybody knows Frank Wright is disliked. Everybody knows Scott. For we're at we're deeper levels at this point. You know, we're going deep into this shit. Like, is like, I mean, we're like, oh my god, DJ Shark, I want to fucking fight you in the street. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I. Look, hey, God bless. Go demonstrate whatever. I think it's pretty apparent, though. And I think those goals, I mean, would it be just to expedite it? I think this is probably for self-promotion. That would be my guess. But. Um, I look, Here's the, the part of it that I think, I mean, yes, I mean, there could be a an aspect of that. But I also think that um, we have, as Panthers fans, we demean ourselves in saying we're fair weather fans. We've... Uh, seen our fan base just be, be shrink apathetic to everything yeah. right um and so what i worry about is that our, i said i don't think our fan base our, our this franchise can survive what we've been dealing with and you know the optimist in me is saying no we need to we need to show them that that we do care like this is not the, the we're not the panthers of old where you have a bad season. Oh, woe is me. Another bad season. Move on with our day. Like we demand there to be change. We demand this team to be a better team. Uh, and, and we are the ones supporting this entire organization. And we're the ones that have the power to be able to show them that this is something that we're not happy with. We're not going to continue to be happy with it. Um, and if we continue to be apathetic fans, then we can continue to lose our home field advantage. We can continue to lose 
our players to other teams. We can continue to not be able to uh, attract free agents. I mean, we l- listen, it's not just a matter of our successes, but our fan base are, are when people come to our stadium, they don't feel like they're getting an away game. They feel like it's another home away from home. Um, there's not a lot of stadiums like that. So being able to show that we are more the, the fan base that is sticking around, that is still here and still uh, holds a value of being um, of the Panthers being a, a a valuable part of our lives. We're not going to sit here and just lay lay down and hope that things get better. We're going to sit here and demand for it. And right now, not doing anything after a mini buy after a Thursday night embarrassing butt whooping by the Chicago Bears is is a, the epitome of doing nothing and and us being apathetic if we continue to move forward in the way we have been. So you think a March could be a statement of Panther fans saying we want to be better as fans too. Or yeah, I mean committed. I want us to be better. I want us to be better fans. I want us to feel like we're um you know, I, I want us I want it to feel like we're making progress and and we're able to actually create a, a change the culture as you know, you see the 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 riot. Yeah, I mean, Roy Riot tried to do that. Look, Aiden Guthrie says this. I'm a big PMP fan. If they did the march without getting the proper stuff done uh, to do so, and someone did something stupid, PMP could have gotten in legal trouble right. since they came up with the event. Actually, they could have gotten in legal trouble just for having the event without the proper paperwork. Uh, there was also a peewee football thing going on, like a fundraiser yeah, at the there was stadium that day. Stadium. Uh, I mean, it wasn't the the right timing. And if if fans want to go out, I think that's a great point, CK. Is that if if this is a way for us to um, hunker down and uh, dig in deeper as Panther fans and grow the culture in the face of the most adversity we've seen in a long time, then I'm all, then let's go for it. One thing you could do though, if you just wanted to really fuck shit up is if we could all work together and get a hashtag trending on game day. Imagine if you were trending on X on game day and you got 5 million Panther fans saying fire Scott Fitterer. Like you wouldn't be able to ignore it. Like it would be on NFL network. It would be on the, that could be one way too for us to. I mean, we could yes, organize a virtual march. But here's the thing: is I <laughs> like there's a part of me that I get that part of it, um, and there's also the other empathetic part of me. I talk about apathy, but I also think we need to be a, a fan base of empathy as well, right? Like we don't need to humiliate Scott Fitterer to do it, right? We need to humiliate David Tepper. You know, and tell him. Then to he's going to call us basement fans. Well, yeah, but or maybe we should do that. Basement fans call for you know like out of the basement yeah 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 yeah. but by the way like dude if you're going it's gonna happen no matter what i mean even if it happens though like again you're think about you know you're talking about shaming though think about how the players feel that your that your fans are marching on the stadium because y'all are so fucking ass like again i I understand representing Panther fandom. You know, I just, I, I don't necessarily know what changes it leads to. I don't know. Man. I think it would be cool. I think CK is hinting though, is that somehow we have grown a strong fan culture in the face of crazy adversity too. So if people actually went and did that, that isn't the Panthers fan base of 2010. You know, I mean, we're, I don't know. 
Um, all right, let's take another call. We got two more, and then we're getting out of here. Yo, 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 it's White Charles Espresso. Yo, JC is back, baby. JC, he's coming back. He's going to beef up the defensive back. You know who we're playing? We're playing Dallas. Oh, this you know what? I have a feeling. Cox fan. I have a feeling. Ooh. That Dak is going to throw three interceptions. He's going to throw three interceptions. I'm calling it right now. He came off a great performance against the Giants, and now it's a come down. I mean, they are every other week team. He is going to get picked off three times, and the Carolina Panthers are going to win the game. Excuse me while I do some more cocaine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, could happen. He's got that. I know this this guy shit. that uh, this guy Randolph always brings food into the radio station we do on Fridays and stuff. Like he's just a nice guy that loves the show at, on Pirate Radio, and he's a big Dallas Cowboys fan. But anytime you ask him about Dallas, he's like, "Dak's gonna throw picks." Like even against the Panthers, I was like, "Oh, you guys are gonna stomp us." And he's like, "Dak's gonna throw picks." Like yeah, they uh, Dallas fans are funny. Let's go to the last goal of the night. <laughs> Hey guys, what's up, man? This is Al. Um, what about? This came from the movies. Watched the Marvels. It was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Um, like a girl power movie, something I can watch with my daughters. But that was really nice. It was pretty funny too. Um, how about we put the blame where it should lie? Yeah, we put it with Tepper one, Sitter is two, and then Bryce Young is three. I know he's a rookie. I know he's undersized. I know his arm is weak. I know he has. <laughs> less athleticism than most starting quarterbacks, but that doesn't excuse the shitty play that he's been having. And um, management sucks. I can't even put, I'm not going to put on Frank Reich. I don't think he's really the problem. I think it starts with Tepper, then Fitterer, and then Bryce. If he really liked Bryce from the start, then more power to him he can go to. But yeah, man, the Marvels. Go go watch it. It's pretty good. Enjoy it. And um, you guys have a good night. I'll call you from the Bahamas when I get back. Yeah, uh, appreciate you, bro. Works on a ship. He's always moving and shaking around yeah, the world. You might be one of the only ones that went to see the Marvels. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a movie. Yeah, you wouldn't be alone. I'm tired of, of uh, you know, I've watched uh, Marvel fans are tired of Marvel movies, Tony, of course. Yeah, and I stupidly have like five shares of Disney. Mm. And I don't know how that's going to come back after we miss. I missed well, the, I, I had the, the, like, the thought is that this Marvel's movie is forecasted to flop so hard, especially compared to what they paid for it. That they're gonna have to adjust what they're doing from here. Oh, they will from here They'll on out. To, yeah, yeah. And as they, a whole, they, is going to have to do that. Yeah, by the and way. they still have two aces up their sleeve that they could get right in the Fantastic Four and the X Men, and have uh, done well. That that could be awesome. You're listening to the longest running Panthers podcast. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. We are not taking calls anymore this evening, but we will be uh, in the post game show. Um, on Sunday, one call, make it good. Let's get after it. 
don't call too early and then want to call back and say, hey, <laughs> I got more to say. I want to see some callers. And you guys are great, by the way. Thank you for all the great calls tonight. And we've had some killer calls throughout the years. I want to start to see these callers going after it and like really prepping to say what they got to say and crush. I want to look if the Panthers can't win, you can win the cat calls that you can. Maybe that should be our next giveaway. Maybe we'll give something away for best call. Um, I got some things we can work on. Um, Let's see. Let's do some ice up picks. Oh, in the NFL news, by the way, Ken Dorsey got fired because uh, is it true that DeMar Hamlin was the 12th? They got a penalty for too many men on the field and it was DeMar Hamlin. Um, I know they got a penalty for that, um, but I don't know who the. I saw one of those. I saw one of those crazy tweets because the Bills fans are fucking bananas, dude. You want to talk about some people that really, I mean, they jump on tables and shit, right? They're wild. Uh, somebody put a meme up that uh, that said, uh, I wish you would have stayed de- uh, dead. It was about the plane crash. Like he hoped that there was a plane crash. Or no, something. no, that was a different one. This was oh. a cut from a movie where oh, for girls- the Mark Oh, yeah, and I was like, oh, shit, these motherfuckers are pissed. And then that other Bills fan said uh, he wished Sean McDermott would die in a plane crash. I was like, man, we got callers that say shit like that, too. Um, uh, Other news, I think that's about all I got was that Ken Dory. Oh, we'll get to see some Joe Brady. Yeah, man. But if Joe Brady does great, and I think it was Kev who said this, wins the Super Bowl and then becomes the Panthers head coach. Yeah, then I'll be vindicated because I always said that he was the scapegoat. He was the scapegoat when Matt Rule didn't know what the fuck to do. So he hit the axe to Joe Brady when Joe Brady was out here working. Uh, It was like right after a holiday or something. Oh, I think Zay Jones got a former ECU pirate got uh, involved in a domestic uh, yeah he did and then he was arrested really on domestic battery this is the third his third strike in my mind one was not being good early on two was when he smoked that spice and got naked and ran out into the hall into the <laughs> lobby of that yeah, hotel and tried really. to break out like of a prison and three is now this battery so uh three strikes say probably not going to be a fan anymore fan unless uh, I investigate this more and I make a rush to judgment guys. Let's uh, finish the podcast with the longest running segment on the longest running Panthers podcast. Let's ice some fools up. Sorry. I put, oh, yeah, I, I put Cody good. on the spot and he's yeah, not even, I, I zoned out. I didn't yeah, even, I, like, I, I didn't oh, even, my bad. Know. we don't even go do it. I wasn't doing anything at all. My bad. Uh, this is where we pay our homage to um, uh, Steve Smith, where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up to get it together. Uh, anybody is fair game for this. And uh, um, usually we pick a couple of things. Let me go first because I'll start with our person almost died. Uh <laughs> and I feel like I've seen this one before. So if I've shared this one, forgive me. 
And uh, if, uh, but I definitely watched this guy's pulling down this trailer thing. Boom. Ugh. What? Yeah, he got crushed. His dog is like, hey, dummy, don't do that. No, he waves to this other guy to come help him. Oh, but dude, that that was also kind of on him. Like oh, it yeah. seems like his technique going about doing that was stupid. Uh, kind yeah, of fall, he wasn't no? thinking. He wasn't thinking. Man, and my shit. other ice up goes to Billy Eilish, who says men do not face the same criticism about their bodies because girls are nice. Uh, she went to say this. Nobody ever says a thing about men's bodies. If you're muscular, cool. If you're not, cool. If you're real thin, cool. If you have a dad bod, cool. If you're pudgy, love it. Everybody's happy with it. You know why? Because girls are nice. They don't give a fuck because we see people for who they are. Uh, Ice up, Billie Eilish, because that's some fucking bullshit. Uh, You're right. You don't say anything about their bodies because you don't acknowledge their existence. <laughs> yeah, that's dude. what you do. So shut the fuck up. You know, I'm saying, wham, 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 wine, wine, wine. No, you know what? People, girls are. They have movie, a movie called Mean Girls. What? Because they're so fucking nice. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Sorry, that was a little bit too hard, um, harsh for me. <laughs> but I'm just <laughs> saying, this is that's this is the most bogus no, crap ever. Bo- women sometimes have the highest of standards. When it comes to everybody is a body. jackass in yeah, this world. You know exactly. what I'm saying? And everybody body makes judgments on this. And people like if you got a big ass mole on your fucking forehead, are you be like, oh, we're just nice. We uh we want to suck your <laughs> come on. Uh mine is very short and simple. Um look, there's a there's a moment in this video when you can tell that the guy knows that he fucked up. It's- is the Carolina Reaper chili. It's the world. Oh, <laughs> and I'm wearing gloves right now because all of that heat, well, it comes from Watch these them. seeds right here. Now, I just came back from Beast where they held Melbourne's annual chili eating competition and competitors had to compete. <laughs> eating uh, chips. Oh, don't do it again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> right there. It's like, oh, fuck. He knows that he oh, he's about to be so dead. Do you know it's not he's not accurate though about all the heat being in the seeds? Um there is like at least according to this professor I had in college who was a, a like a South American historian and we sat through man I'm pretty sure she talked about this for like 45 minutes in this one class. But there's like a mucous membrane, like a very thin mucous membrane around the seeds in that part. And if that is that is what like releases the heat. Yeah. So basically, like you could if you gently cared for the pepper the entire time. Like it couldn't blow in the wind, I don't even think. Yeah. You know, and then maybe you could take a bite out of the tip or something. Anyway, uh, don't wipe that. You know what? That's bound to fucking happen. You know, yeah. you make these videos yeah. like that. You are you are playing with fire, bro. Dude, could you imagine how much of that hurt? Oh my god, dude! It makes me cringe when thinking about it. CK, you but got I, anything? Yeah, I do. Um, 
So I got out of uh, my work yesterday. I actually got off early. It was uh, going to be a good day. Um, found somebody had broken into my vehicle and stolen a driver, which was in my golf, uh, my, my golf driver, just to clarify. Um, oh. And, uh, you know, I want to, I would say I'm icing myself up, but no, honestly, the person I'm icing up is the person who stole the driver because they stole what they thought was the most expensive thing in the entire thing, which it's not cheap. It's, you know, I have to replace it. I'm going to be looking at $300. But to replace my uh, my my uh, wedges would have been about five hundred dollars. So to the thief who thought he was getting the best deal, ice up, son. Ice up. Next time, steal the catalytic converter, jerk. Uh, no. <laughs> um, all right, that's the C three Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. You know where to find us Tuesday nights, Friday nights for the free for all. Um, Film review with Cody Lack and who a lot of people uh, we all are going to be trying it's to. Is I know me and Cole and Pickle have been doing it every. Hey, um, Friday free for all, yep. post game show. Um, and we're gonna keep rocking and rolling. Cody Lack, can you take us out of here, please? I can. C three Panther Nation. Until next time, keep pounding. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.